And here we are. What is going on, everybody? Thursday night it is. I am happy to be here. I hope you are happy to be here. I am Boxman across from me, as always, in a wonderfully lovely shirt. That's right. I'm glad you're liking this shirt. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the voice of a generation, it is Mark Wahlberg. How are you? Better. <laughs> well, yes, actually, as always, I, I do know. I am better. <clears throat> I am much better. I'm doing good, doing good. But um, yeah, man, been one of those crazy weeks. But uh, yeah, today was a good day. So I'm, uh, I'm happy about that. And uh, otherwise, it wasn't a uh, wacky wrestling week like it has been. But uh, we, we do have plenty to get into. But uh, Smart, otherwise, how's things going with you, man? Yeah, things are going all right. Just doing what I do. All right. I'm not sure what that is, but cool. Well, you never know. I'm about two weeks away from Halloween. When I a little less than two weeks away from Halloween, so yeah, things are going good. Things are, and then right after that, we're gonna have old Thanksgiving, then old Christmas and New Year's. And man, I'm fucking tired already. I, I, I really I'm not looking forward to Thanksgiving. That's I, gonna be a tough one. That it is. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, see, I like Thanksgiving. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I like turkey. Oh well, I mean, I, I normally love Thanksgiving, but I'm just looking at like watching all the progress just go reverse. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see what happens. But uh, there's always Christmas after that, smart. <clears throat> turkeys and hams, turkeys and hams, turkeys and hams. That's right. Yeah, oh yeah, that's what we do. We usually do the. Uh, the deep fried turkey during Christmas and a ham. Deep fried turkey always sounds good, but like nobody in my family, luckily everybody in my family is smart enough to know that they can't be trusted with it. So we just don't bother. <laughs> Cause like somebody, who, who, somebody's going to attempt it and then inevitably something's going to start on fire. So I have uh, a stock pot. You can buy there's just the pot. It's called the safety fryer. Mm-hmm. What it is, is you put it, it's got lines of like, you know, how much the turkey weighs, what's the max. So you put it to the max line and then it has like a huge neck up top that just spreads. So if it does start to get higher, it goes up and out and it doesn't boil over. So it's nothing special. You can find these online. They're not that expensive. Uh, safety fryer uh, stockpot. They're fucking awesome. But they really, I have never had that thing boil out because when you're, when you put the max oil in, you still have like almost like a foot of room left. Nice. So there isn't a tur- fucking turkey big enough to, it, 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 if you put a turkey that big in there, we, we, you, you need to fucking take the steroids out of the fucking turkey's mouth. Right but, enough turkeys, I like it. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I I've been deep frying turkeys since I lived down in Florida. So I was kind of the turkey guy. We do, I mean, literally, I'd do like four turkeys. I only had one fryer. So it'd be just one, cut that one up like noon till fucking almost midnight. I was just cooking fucking turkey. Yeah, very nice. Oh, I had the little, like, I had a, a power outlet, I had the electric knife going. <laughs> oh, yeah. We. We did it right, man. We would just, we would do that. I mean, that was like a Sunday for us. 
Very nice. That was a Sunday. We would just do that shit on a Sunday and then just, oh, fuck it. We all got to go to work, right? Let's get out of here. Okay. Those were good times, man. Back when I didn't feel like I fucking got hit by a truck after I drank. We miss those days as well. Yeah. Lately, I've just been feeling like, like, like if I drink a couple too many, I just feels like I get hit by like a Volkswagen bug or something. Not really a bus. So getting a little better. So I think my problem more so is just that I drink low quality things because I went to a party. It was like an after wedding party. It wasn't a reception because there, there was that too, but then there was an after party to the reception. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the reception had an open bar. So like I was, ooh, that was a day. That was a night to remember. But um, anyways, they had Grey Goose. It was, like, it was just straight-up Grey Goose. I was just drinking Grey Goose the entire night. Mm-hmm. And I woke up... I drank in, like about three times more than I should have. And I woke up like the next morning, and I, I felt perfectly fine. And I was like, hmm, it might be time to chill out a little bit of extra money for some quality vodka. It's heavily distilled and definitely a good fucking vodka. Yeah, that's, that's, that's part of it. You can't be buying that rock gut shit, man. It'll fucking... That shit will fucking eat you up. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that stuff can get fucking really, really fucking rough. But yeah, Grey Goose is always good. The the uh, the, the the Kettle One is pretty good too. Doesn't uh, doesn't does about the same thing for a little less money. Right. But the Grey Goose, man, if you can you can grab the Grey Goose. I mean, that's the good stuff. For sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So. All right, I guess uh, enough of that. I guess we can uh, start with the wrestling. Like I said, it wasn't this crazy week in wrestling. We didn't have a a shitload of uh, news to get into, but we do have a few things to go ahead and talk about. Obviously, we're going to be getting into the uh, PWI Women's 250. Definitely get into that. And um, a couple other things. Then we'll uh, stick around. We're uh, We're getting going right about now, I think. Why don't we do it, Mark? What do you think? Sounds good to me. All right. Good. Well, let's uh, let's do this then. Let's pop up the news. Let's get the first one. Let's start out with a man who knows everything about this business of ours. <laughs> or this business of theirs, not ours. I'm, I'm in the packaging business. What the fuck? But um, let's start out with this right here. A little bit of Goldberg, folks. That's right. Goldberg says modern pro wrestling lacks depth. <laughs> That's what it lacks, Mark. Depth. I mean, he's not wrong, but like I, when I think Goldberg, the last thing I think about is depth. Right? <laughs> I think that probably is what a lot of people thought when they saw this headline. Um, yeah, this I mean, this character, I mean, there was no depth to it. He came out, he squashed people, he left. Mm-hmm. What? I think he just watches the word law matches and he's like, finally, some nuance. Yeah, it's very, very kind of odd what this, uh, what this statement is. But let's, uh, let's go ahead and talk about it anyway. So he was on the, uh, jo- uh, he joined the uh, Chicago Sports Podcast, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little Chicago there. And uh, he was on there. And among other things, the WCW legend and WWE Hall of Famer's career in football and wrestling were talked about, obviously. He compared the modern version of both to the good old days. 
got to say, Goldberg wasn't wrestling during the real good old days before the Attitude Era good old days. But anyway, I don't He wasn't one of the Freebirds? No. No, 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 he wasn't, he was, uh, not a, uh, a, a, a rock and roll, nor was, uh, was, was he on an express? I see. Uh, not a midnight express, uh, a road warrior, not even. Um, mm. but anyway, let's keep going here. So I guess what he, he was asked, like I said, about both of them, it led to a thing, and after briefly mentioning improved production values, which means technology, Goldberg, this is what he said about wrestling. The internal storylines, I don't think are better. The characters, I surely know aren't better. But I don't know. The guys are doing their thing right now and leading the charge. They're doing a damn good job. It's just, they're not deep. That's all. They just aren't deep. So it's hard to have a couple of different people carrying the flag and be able to hand it off to a proper person and keep the, I'm trying to keep this as frickin' vanilla as possible, aren't, uh, aren't I? It's tough to have the depth, and I think they're lacking in that area. That's all, period, end of story. I don't like getting into it. I don't like people talking shit out of sight, out of mind. Okay, you know what this answer lacks, Smark? Depth. My fucking man. You got it. He started trying to be honest, and then he's like, "Up, oh, wait, Legends contract. Shut the fuck up. Back, mm-hmm. backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. Uh, you know, I don't like talking about this shit. Out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what the fuck? And this I like too. The, the, this next line is kind of why I kept it right there. For a variety of reasons, Bill is often a punching bag for wrestling fans on the internet. The devil, you say? Is he though? I mean, is Not he really? I mean, I never thought I... of no. No, I don't think he is. I don't think Goldberg is a punching bag for fans. Um, is it possible that the writer of this article confused him with Ryback? That doesn't make it any better. Uh, true, true. At all. Um, but this writer, let's see who this writer is. Let's go back up here. Sorry, folks. Sorry, folks. Let's go up here. Old Sean Reuter. <laughs> Sean Reuter. Roots. The Root Man. Uh, he thinks Goldberg actually has a uh, a point, a good point. Of uh, he's in the vicinity of a good point. He doesn't he's close to a good point, but doesn't really have a good point. And then he goes on to kind of go this this article. I, I did read it, but it's really not worth me getting into. But he kind of does the same thing Goldberg just did. He kind of starts talking about it, and then he's kind of like, you know, uh, the, the older guys were better in these spots, but uh, you know. There is some guys with depth. He doesn't really name any, but he goes through the whole article, uh, and, and that's about it. So it's not really that <laughs> this whole fucking article could use depth. I'll tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. But look, I, I get what he's saying. A lot of these characters, the feuds don't have a lot of... De- well, no, he's talking about the characters, not even the feuds, but... I sort of see what he's saying. There's a lot of guys out there who just come out as their fir- as a as a first and last name in 
trunks, you know, with a little bit of fucking glitter on their abs. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying here? Yeah. But then, uh, I mean, you've got some of the old school guys. You do have The Undertaker. John Cena, you can say what you want about John Cena, but the character was, did have depth. The character started out as a heel. He became this really fucking good guy. He, he's a charitable son of a bitch. You can't take that away from John Cena. So there is depth to that character, and he went through a few layers. Um, And I'll tell you, the the deepest character, unfortunately, just recently you know, suddenly passed away, which is Bray Wyatt. You want to talk about a character with some fucking depth, some fucking layers. I mean, that, that's what Bray wanted. That's what he was doing. That's what he was trying to accomplish there. But I don't know. Smart, I, I, I don't know what you think, but I, I just don't think fans have the attention span for the depth of these characters anymore. I think they'd rather them go out there and be the fucking young bucks. Well, I, I mean, I think the problem with some of that is that because there's not a lot of characters around when there is a character, how they, it can be hard for them to interact with other people. And it kind of puts them at ends. Okay. Like Ray, I was bumping into that quite a bit because like he did the whole horror thing but and then that works with some people, you know, they, they feuded with Kane and, you know, things like that. But then, like, there's only so many people where that realm makes sense. And then uh, you have a lot of people that kind of look out of place in that role, like a feuding with somebody who is doing whatever he was doing, you know, in his various incantations. Okay. All right. All right. I see where you're going there. So, so you think he's got a, more of a point than I think he has. Well, and I mean, like, even, like, just as another example of, like, Tony Storm now. It's a great character, but, like, how do you build feuds around that? They're going to have to. I mean, they had the Soraya thing, which was what it was. I mean, we all knew right. that was that, that, that was brewing from when they, you know, split. So it was definitely going to happen sooner rather than later. But now that that's over, you're kind of right. How do you? I mean, people are just going to have to start, like, walking onto her in color, walking onto her black and white set and being like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. No one can hear you. Are you insane? I did notice how they did them during the, again, they did them during the picture in picture. Yeah. They did. They did this week. So I I, I did notice that. But, um... All right, so you know Goldberg, uh, the, the the answer was a little, like I said, he uh, he sort of backed away from what he was going to say. It looks like he was going to get a little deeper. <laughs> he was going to put some more depth on that answer, and then just went, ah, I don't like getting into it. I don't like people talking shit out of sight, out of mind. The Goldberg only got the tip in, huh? That's what it sounds like. Before he decided to fucking pull out and run. Mm-hmm. He was about to prematurely ejaculate. That happens. It does. It does. Um, now, Smart, like I had said, we don't have a lot, so uh, why don't you grab a story thingamajigamabop? Well, you know, speaking of the good old days, a company that has not pe- passed through that period... 
forever stuck in the good old days the nwa is reportedly headed to the cw network Mm -hmm. billy corgan teased last week dirty tease during an appearance on busted open radio he teased during busted oh yeah anyways busted open radio that his promotion had recently signed with a top 20 network (laughs) i read it it's just funny to read that out loud It's like, I, you know, uh, top 20, that, that means absolutely nothing in today's climate. No. Um, <laughs> we're on fucking packs. According to a report from House of Wrestling, both TV deals are with the CW, and an official announcement is coming relatively soon. It is believed one of two deals is for the rights to NWA power, and the other is for a reality TV series based on what happens behind the scenes in the promotion. That looks, sounds vaguely familiar. It does, doesn't it? It's almost like they ripped off the OVW idea. Mm. In late August, the NWA announced it had made several production upgrades and declared it was entering, quote, a new era. The production upgrades were reportedly made in anticipation of the company's new television deals. Today's news comes on the heels of Corrigan's company also announcing the return of its old territory system. See, there you go. Mm-hmm. EC3's Exodus Pro, we talked about that last week, was revealed mm-hmm. as the first new affiliate in the system and will now be known as NWA Exodus Pro Midwest. It's been speculated that the new territories can be featured on the NWA's YouTube channel in the future. Dude, I have to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Is EC3 trying to become the next fucking Jeff Jarrett? Perhaps. There's worse things in life you could be. I mean, well, you know me, I'm a fan. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, control your narrative didn't quite work out, so now it's back to the drawing board. Well, I know. I know. I didn't realize he had to control your narrative and this company. I didn't know he had a a a a, a, a dual company here. I, I didn't know what was going on here. But this guy seems like he's trying to like become the next Jeff Jarrett. I mean, remember Jeff Jarrett when he came back to fucking Impact tried to you know shove his global gl- global forest wrestling down our throats. Like in cashforgold.com. Yeah, uh-huh. and then, you know, cashforgold.com. But you remember when he did that? And it was, and everyone's like, God, he, he fucking, he, he's got Dixie again. Does EC3 have fucking Billy Corgan's number here? Is he swindling him here? Perhaps, but I mean, one cannot simply just become as good of a grifter as Jeff Jarrett is. That man has hustled for days. Does, does, does take practice, but EC3 was there for a while with old JJ. Old Double J. I don't I mean, know. If you really think about it, I feel like Jeff Jarrett it might be like the best hustler in all of like. Pro- it's like it's him. It's Heyman. Mm, mm. Like they're both right up there. But like the man, the amount of money that Jeff Jarrett has made, just he's been in every fucking company. I don't. I don't think he was ever in ECW. But other than that, like he showed up. He's WWF. He's in WCW. He's been fucking like in. in like a year or two ago, I forget how long exactly, but there was one year where he was he had appeared in WWE, mm-hmm. AEW, and fucking GCW, just all on the same. Like he was on every major promotion. He was out on the Indies, fucking selling eight by tens. The man was making that yeah. money. I mean, out of nowhere, he turned his whole fucking career around. Next thing you know, he's working back for WWE in a fucking nice little gushy spot. Didn't last very long. Was replaced by by Road Dog. Uh, hey, Christopher Kane, Stephen Butler, good to see you guys. Christopher Kane, we'll see you back in about an hour. Thank you for coming in and 
updating us on on on, on what you're doing here tonight. I, I appreciate that. Thank All you. Right. And you have an hour starting now. Go. Okay. See you back here at nine fifty-five my time, sir. He knows this well, though. He's like, yeah, they'll probably like fucking be talking about some bullshit for another forty-five minutes. I'll, I'll come back when they're making fun of AEW. <laughs> like, oh, good. One, which one of you went to the Piggly Wiggly? I'll just get past this shit. Care. <laughs> oh, you love Skittles, do you? Go fucking keep it moving. Great, great, great. Skip, I, skip, skip. I don't like Skittles actually, but anyway. I'm not a big fan of Skittles either, honestly. But see, there we go. Fucking Skittles talk. No, no Skittles talk. No Skittles talk. Let's go back to uh, fuck NWA. That's mm-hmm. that's what the fuck we were talking about. Let's go back to NWA. Um, you were saying, and then I said, and then you said, and then Skittles. Um, <laughs> that's right. Now all I can think is Skittles just turned into my squirrel. So anyway, uh, Skittles. Yes, so NWA is with a top 20 network, which is the CW. So, I mean, that they're going to be on after reruns of the fucking Superman show that I can't remember the name of. Maybe, maybe. What's going on there, Noe? Uh, good to see you here. But yeah, um, yeah, the CW, it was uh, Smallville. Yeah, it was Smallville. It was Smallville. I'm like, God damn it, I'm, I'm trying to, I was trying to think of it by stalling. I was trying to remember shows that were on I the mean, CW. It was like Smallville. There was, um, I want to say Supergirl, maybe? Or was, was that CBS? Not sure. But was, yeah, it's just shit like that. Was Thursday the big night for CW? Was it Friday? There was. Don't recall. There used to be, and I can't remember if it was the late 90s or the early to mid 2000s, but there was a time where either Thursday or Friday was actually a very big night for the CW. They had like this block of fucking like really good shows. I think it was Thursday nights that they just talk correctly. They used to be UPN. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And I think they used to have a big nights on Thursdays though. I think that's what I'm not going to sit here and rack my brain about it, but listen, I will say the CW is, I mean, listen, you got impact over there on fucking, What's that fucking station they're on? Axis. QVC no, in the morning. I think they're on Axis. They, no, New Japan's on Axis. Mm-hmm. Well, New Japan was on Axis and then Impact was on Axis. I don't know if New Japan's back there or not. Um, and shit. Impact was on Twitch for a minute and then they were on YouTube. Kind of only knows what, where fucking Impact is. I, we, this I is why we need on... SBC to help us out. He's the only person in existence that still watches Impact, so... I think that's where he was. I, I think that's where they are. They're on Axis, which that's a completely like a di- you have to get like the like the second or third highest tier to get that fucking channel. Mm-hmm. So they're already at a disadvantage. CW, I believe, is with the fucking basic package. So <laughs> yeah, you can get to CW. You can get CW with like antenna TV or just basic cable, that kind of shit. Yeah. So listen, this could be a fucking big thing for him. I. Don't think this fucking world needs another fucking reality show. What's behind the scenes of wrestling? I think we beat that to fucking death. But hey, I'm not a fucking uh, producer. I'm not a fucking studio guy. I personally think I don't need to see another fucking reality show on what goes on behind the scenes. We know. We're not stupid. Like Smart just said, there's a fucking show on Netflix about that already. 
I mean, um, okay, so in the U.S., Impact is on 8 p.m. on YouTube for Impact Wrestling Insiders. There you go. Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. for Impact Plus. Uh-huh. Thursdays at 10 p.m., but then there's just no logo. Um, they're also on Fight Network in Canada and Game TV. They're on in the U.K. and I, they're in fucking India. Oh, no, they're on YouTube in India. That's not fair. And fucking everybody is on YouTube hey. all over the world. Hey. We're technically in fucking Kuala Lumpur or some shit, probably. But they were They were back in the middle, back in Rinka King. They were back there in the Middle East doing these shows. You know WWE stole that shit with the Saudi shows. They're like, we can do a fucking Rinka King. Oh my god, imagine an alternate timeline where fucking Impact won out and they were the ones that get the Saudi blood money. It was like oh. fucking Eric Young was main eventing fucking Impact Crown Jewel. Oh, Joel. and Crazy Steve. <laughs> the prince's favorite son is fucking Crazy Steve. It's the ODB going out there fully clothed, not being able to touch her tits or nothing. <laughs> She's not allowed to drink beer. She's not allowed to dress provocatively. She's just confused. I, I'm actually a fucking fan of, um, up oh, there's SPC Norab. He's in the chat now. Um, I'm actually a fan of of of, of, of uh, who the fuck we just mentioned. I can't remember now. ODB. ODB. I like her. Man. Yeah, I like ODB too. She seems I like do. a cool person. She's she a, tried out for Tough Enough. That was interesting. Yeah, she's a fucking great character though, man. She's like a original kid. season. I was watching the first season. I was watching the first episode like Saturday to Saturday really? just happened. And she was on the tryout for the first season of Impact. And she was already calling herself one dirty bitch at that point. There, For whatever reason, they were like specifically not looking for anybody that had a gimmick. So if you showed up with any sort of a gimmick, they just didn't pick you. Oh, yeah. God forbid. Mm hmm. Jesus Christ, that must have been during the uh, let's hire a, a, a model and see if we can train her days of Jeff Jarrett's, maybe? Yeah, pretty much. The same kind of period of time when, like, Kong was trying to get there and then they had to make Jim Ross go out there and tell her that she was too fat. Which is, I feel for Jim Ross, because, like, he's lucky she didn't beat his ass. She's probably sitting there, he's probably sitting there going, I know this is the pot in the kettle, but... Okay. <laughs> Look, somebody who wasn't me, and I'll give you two hints. His name rhymes with Rodney Bass. Told me <laughs> that you were too chubby. You need to trim down a little bit. Um, we ain't saying you're too heavy, but we'd like you to lose some of that weight. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can see him just being the most diplomatic person about that. Absolutely the most diplomatic um, Lacey Evans I'm, and Mandy Rose are doing a podcast together tonight. It better be video. That's all I need. No one wants to listen to that. I hate to tell, I, I hate to be <laughs> the sexist guy, but I'm going to say no one wants to listen to them. I hope it's a video podcast. All I'm going to say. But that is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Um, I don't know why so, my keyboard is making. Or, or what you're saying is that Dirk is going to come on after they're done. Probably we'll in the well, chat after, after they finished. After it's like I was watching Solid Monster, Andy Rhodes. I think after he's finished is what you mean. <laughs> True. Um, Norab is something called a caps lock. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No, we we, we talked about AAA on here down there in Mexico. 
We've talked about Chip. his energy. I like the caps lock. Triple yeah, um, A. Yeah, we talked about that before. Is just I was mm-hmm. talking about that a couple weeks ago. Is how they basically just make it as close to impossible as they possibly can to make or allow people in the U.S. to actually watch their shit. Because like they put up a lot of like show matches and shows yeah. and like full events on their YouTube channel, but then a lot of it is country blocked. So if you're in the U.S., you don't get access to it unless you want to use a VPN or that kind of shit. And I'm not going out of my way to watch fucking AAA. It's just not happening. No, it's really tough to fucking watch. Some people watch it. But um, do I need to learn how to say this motherfucker's name? Hugsy. Do I have to fucking call him Hugsy? I feel like I'm talking about a goddamn fucking teddy bear. Teddy (laughs) fucking bear. Teddy bear that's like not programmed properly and it goes on the murderous rampage. It's not caps lock. Um, if it's a USB keyboard, give it a, give it the old uh, give it the old unplug for a minute or two, and then plug it back in. That's what I would try. Um, and that by the way, like very passive aggressive advice. Don't be telling people to unplug their keyboards. By the way, if I fix your keyboard, I'm charging you for IT work, motherfucker. Okay, <laughs> that's right. Nine ninety nine to tell you to fucking pull that plug for a minute. Okay. <laughs> That's always what you start with. Sometimes your keyboard gets stuck on caps lock. You never know. Sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes it does, man. You just don't know. You just don't fucking... Oh, look. He, oh, look. Back to uh, no caps. You need to uh, message me your address, and I will send you a bill, or just uh, you can send me your email. That's fine. Oh, he doesn't have a USB keyboard. Well, fancy man. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Now you're half and half. You know, the light for caps lock could be broken. <laughs> could be. It could be. If the fucking light's busted, you're screwed. My keyboard didn't come with a fucking light for the caps lock. I just have to Push a button to see if it's on. That's what I do. Anyhow, um, we'll see what this little deal can do. But uh, this is a better channel than most of those other promotions are on out there, except for the, you know, your WWEs, your AEWs. And I mean, look, this can do nothing. I don't think this can hurt them unless, I mean, it can hurt them if their ratings completely blow, but. Is there a start date? I, I didn't hear if you mentioned a start date. No, no start date as of yet. Okay. Well, we'll keep you apprised of the old start date there, folks. So, uh, all right. Let's get into this real quick, Smart. And then um, then you can actually go ahead and knock out those two. We'll talk about the women's 250. And, <laughs> folks, this might be... As a quick aside, the age sure. while we're talking about MWA, I saw there was some fucking less than reputable Twitter page, mm. Wrestling News, put out this tweet that was like, would you like to see CM Punk in NWA now that they have a TV deal? And I was like, are you fucking kidding? Is that what the world is clamoring for? Fucking CM Punk versus Tim Storm? You know, and... No, I don't think so. And you know, the the the... The whole thing came out last week. WWE said no to to CM Punk. Maybe, maybe not. But I'm telling y'all, 
You're not going to get the fucking same CM Punk anymore. This isn't the same fucking company. It's just not. It's not Vince. And I'll tell you the truth. Let's not forget something. The guy has already worked and been fired from both fucking, well, he quit one, excuse me. He was fired from the other one for sucking. Let's just put, be honest here. I don't even think he, he was scheduled for three fights. I don't even think he got his third fight. He fought Mickey Gall and mm -hmm. Mike Jackson. He was supposed to have three fights. I think he had three. I don't think he had three. I thought the other one was uh, Cody Gearbrance. Maybe I missed one. You could be right. Okay. You're probably right. I probably see, missed let me one. Check to make sure. But... You're probably 100% right. I know Mickey Gall and Mike Jackson were two. No, not that Mike Jackson, folks. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Not that one. Although he, he was. Still got, he he would have got him with a Kimura, I think. He, he was tickling CM Punk when he had him in a fucking chokehold. It was great. Travis Swift says uh, CM Punk versus Tim Storm. He'd watch it. All right. There you go. I mean, Heath Punk wouldn't be able to complain about having to work with fucking kids anymore. Yeah, and welcome, Travis. I don't believe uh, I don't believe I've seen your name before, but thank, hey, welcome. Appreciate you stopping on in, man. Thank you. Uh, According to the UFC website, you're right. It was uh, Jackson and Gall. There was no. I don't know where the Cody Garbrandt thing came, but, <laughs> but I think he was shit talking him on Twitter, and I just that might be it. But I, if I remember when we talked about that deal, it was a three fight deal. Two fights went down, and they were like, mm, I think we see a problem here. The, web, the website has his graphic with him on it. It's a little picture of him and his tattoos and the little UFC trunks looking all tough. And it says record 0-1. They just didn't even bother updating his record after he lost the second one. It's like, yeah, he's done. It's over. So if you go on UFC.com slash athlete slash CM Punk, he's listed as 0-1 because they just didn't even bother updating his win-loss record. Hold on. UFC slash CM Punk, you said, right? <laughs> UFC.com slash athlete slash CM Punk. Com. But like CM hyphen punk. Athlete. UFC.com slash athlete slash slash CM hyphen punk. CM hyphen punk. Sorry, I'm not a good typer, folks. I don't know if you've uh, picked up on that yet. Oh, mine actually says page not found. Here, hold on. Let me, let me try something here real quick. <laughs> oh, that's because I put CM Punk. CM Punk? Hey, here we go. Folks, why don't you uh, lucky YouTubers can join me for right here. Here we go. Oh, yeah, he looks real tough. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they don't even have his second fight in here. As a like, as a stat, they have him listed as retired. Okay, view fight history. Okay, there's clearly two fights. Clearly two fights, but you go back and there's not two fights, and he's listed as retired. We see that right here. Um, he made his octagon debut on September 11th of 2016. Wow, man. Oh look, you can you you can see how long his legs are. His reach. This is crazy. I just can't believe they don't have that second fight on there, man. <laughs> Signature strikes landed one. 
per minute. Signature strikes absorbed four per minute. Ah, <laughs> uh, two fucking fights. Here, I'm trying to get a little better picture here. Though that does not do anything for the picture, folks. Sorry about that. Um, all right. That's enough. Take oh wait, look at this. Look look at the stats. Look at the striking accuracy. Twenty three percent. Yeah, that's what you're looking at. Strikes oh. strikes landed nineteen. Strikes attempted eighty two. I think you just said Give that. Me a shot. Takedowns landed one. Attempted nine. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh at this guy, folks. I probably shouldn't be, but win by method zero zero zero. <laughs> <laughs> Knockout average zero point zero zero. Submission average zero point zero zero. And then here you got the little uh, you got the signature strike by target. Ooh, all to the most of them to the head. That looks like I think that's his head that was targeted. By the way, mm, perhaps. But yeah, and again, you even I mean you scroll down. There's clearly two fights. Oh well, let's not fucking dwell on this. Yes. I just thought, yeah, I'd like to see that real quick. But um, anywho, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think, back to what I was saying, I just don't think they want the fucking baggage of the guy. Mm -hmm. I just don't. I don't think they want the fucking baggage. He worked for UFC. He worked for WWE. Both of them know how he is. I don't know. I don't see them. I, I don't see them wanting the uh, the heat now. But down the road, they might decide. Eh, you know what? Fuck it. Meanwhile, will he want to do it down the road? I don't know. So anyway, I didn't realize I already had that article up, but we'll go to that in a minute here. Um. But anyway, anything else on that one? No, I think that'll do it. All right. Well, folks, we've seen Ric Flair lately hanging out with some icons. Snoop Dogg, to say one. We think we played that video. Well, I think there was a reason behind all that, folks. Ric Flair has entered the cannabis ring. That's right. Right here, you see Ric Flair. If you look down in his left hand, you see a little baggie in his hand. Little baggy down there. Well, Ric Flair has actually started literally, he's now selling weed. Um, <laughs> he has partnered with Chad Bronstein, founder and president of Karma Holdings, the powerhouse behind Mike Tyson's cannabis line. We have seen him definitely with Mike Tyson. I know I played that video, Tyson 2.0. The origin story of the collab is almost as intriguing as the wrestling storyline. Flair and Bronstein were neighbors in Tampa, and one day as Bronstein gazed across the white picket fence, what, I'm not, I don't know, fuck the parentheses, inspiration struck. He recalls telling Mike Tyson, I've got Ric Flair right next door. What if we create the most legendary cannabis line ever? Ric Flair drip. So there you go, folks. We now have this right here. Look at this. I'm going to shrink my screen a little bit for you guys so you can see that a little bit better, a little bit better. There you go. How's that? There we go. I'm going to have to find some of this shit. I'm telling you right now. I want one of these. 
I love that they used an old picture of him. I mean, what do you think, Smart? Yeah, it's definitely the, the the graphic that they would use if they're trying to swindle somebody into like paying tickets for like a small town indie promotion. <laughs> well, that's not what they're doing here. <laughs> no rap says, "Why is no alcohol beverage has gone for Ric Flair?" Uh, bad look. A guy who's already had a surgery shouldn't be drinking. I think that's a horrible look on any, even a fucking company, an alcohol company. But come on. Besides that. I think he's, I think he's onto something. I could, I would love a fucking Ric Flair four loco commercial. Oh, that would be interesting. A four loco commercial. Mm hmm. God, that stuff is nasty. Have you ever had one of those? I'm here for MD 2020. Woo. I've had an MD. I've had mad dog. <laughs> fucking King Cobra. Mad Mad Dog tastes fucking delicious compared to fucking Four Logo. <laughs> Steel Reserve. There we go. That's the perfect for Rick Flair. Oh, who used to drink that? <laughs> who always talked about that? Beef. Mm. Beef used to talk about uh, Steel Reserve all the time. Uh, I've oh, had it. It's terrible. He, I mean, it's efficient. It's, you get a lot for your money. Ric Flair and Bud Light, Travis was said. <laughs> oh, no, that's an idea. Because you, okay, you have Ric Flair, he's like blackout drunk on an airplane. He goes up to a stewardess and he, you know, he's starting to put the moves on him. And mm-hmm. surprise, it's fucking Dylan Mavaney. There you go. She thinks it's a girl. Mm-hmm. But there's... That, that's how the commercial ends. If Bud Light will get you so drunk, you'll fuck a man who's a woman. Oh, God. That was him, folks. <laughs> the quote unquote Democrat said you know, that one. I gotta I gotta I gotta say Bud Light would have nothing to lose taking on Ric Flair at this point. <laughs> they would have zero to lose. They could they'd probably gain some people back by putting this man with with Bud Light. He does advertise White Claw. Proper twelve you know what? Norab, that is probably the best fucking idea I've ever fucking seen right there. Ooh. Ric Flair and Conor McGregor advertising proper 12. <laughs> By the way, it, 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 is, is that good, Norab? Have you had that? Ric Flair and Kid Rock shooting butt like <laughs> I think I'd pay to see that, to be honest with you. <laughs> Ted Rack shoots it down. Flair takes off his sports coat and just fucking elbow drops it. Uh, Kid Rock accidentally shoots him. You ain't supposed to be downrange. <laughs> Ooh, that's a song. Okay. It sucks, Norad. Norad's had the proper 12. He says it sucks. It's terrible. It's a whiskey. I don't whisk- really care for Irish whiskey in general, so See, I can't really say anything. That's why I was asking someone else, because I don't like any whiskey. So I, I'm i not the judge of it. I've only had one whiskey I like. It was Johnny Walker Blue, and that shit is expensive. Mm-hmm. So I've never bought it. Uh, and Travis Swift, Travis Swift with the ball, with the ball. Woo! <laughs> Ball with the ball, woo. <laughs> Bro, that song can be remade in minutes. You know it. <laughs> I 
I mean, you keep like, the fucking wrestling thing going on. Just hire Hornswoggle to be Joe C. Jr. Oh, there you go. But anyway, folks, we're not done with this story yet. After this lovely picture that that's right there. Um, so, by the way, if you're in California, you can see you can get this stuff in California. You can. I'm. I. You know what? I know someone that could probably get me some of this. Give him a call tomorrow. Anyway, um, as you see right here, folks, uh, by partnering with some of the top cultivators across this country, Flair has access to the very best genetics available. He is a genetic jackhammer. Oh, wait, that's Vince. Mm -hmm. uh, and he carefully selects them himself at a boy Flair. His Ric Flair drip line of cannabis includes flour, pre-rolls, edibles. He also has a range of 510 cartridges. Um, uh, I believe five ten is the is the uh, size, not the uh, not how many he has. With disposable vapes in certain markets, uh, further expansion plans set in place for twenty twenty four. He's also got some gummies. One of them is called the D nine Cherry Diamond, and they come with ten milligrams of hemp derived Delta nine THC. And another one, figure four lemonade, folks. That's right. Each delicious gummy packs a powerful 10 milligrams of the same thing, hemp-derived Delta 9 THC. Kind of cool, man. Ric Flair getting into the weed business. He's already got the energy drinks down here. I still, I know they're mushroom-based. I really don't care for that. I, if I see one, I'll grab one. I will try one. But I haven't seen these in stores in Texas, which kind of surprises me. I'll keep my eye out, though. But um, there you go, man. Ric Flair in the weed business, folks. If you're in California or any state, it's legal, I guess. You can probably find this. You know, it's legal in Oklahoma, like like 45 minutes north of me. I don't know. I think Texas will be one of the last states to ever fucking do it. That's just me. That's just me. Yeah. Same here. I don't think Tennessee's in any hurry to do it either. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, folks, we did, and I, just so you know, I got this article off of CannabisNow.com. Don't ask how this article popped up. I It just did. <laughs> I saw this article and I'm like, oh, we're talking about this shit. It just came out today. <laughs> oh, yes. So, all right, man. Um, if you got nothing else on Ric Flair drip and uh, you don't want to uh, talk anymore about weed, we can move on. We can move on. Fair enough. But really, there's two things left and then we can get into uh, talking about the women's 250. So, Smart, next two are yours, man. All right. Well, it has been an interesting week for Vince. Let's start off with the documentary before we get to the mm -hmm. quote unquote bad news. Um, Bill Simmons says his upcoming docuseries on Vince McMahon has a chance to be, quote, pretty spectacular. A chance. He's not guaranteeing that it's going to be no, spectacular. No, no, He's just no. saying that it could, it could possibly it could. be good. Simmons spoke to Jimmy Traina on the SI Media podcast. About the project recently, he said the docu-series will most likely be released on Netflix early next year. Mm -hmm. 
quote, oh yeah, it's fucking awesome. Some inside of the project. Quote, I think it's going to be the first part of next year. Chris Smith is directing it, so you know it'll be good. Mm. Simmons also mentioned that his team had access to Vince McMahon during the filming of the series. However, he told Bloomberg earlier this week that while McMahon will get to look at clips of the film ahead of time, he will have no say regarding the final cut. Quote, I don't want to say too much, but I will say that I think it has a chance to be pretty spectacular. He's not letting hope die on that one. Mm. He also noted the series will be released in parts, Mm -hmm. and there was simply too much to cover for a two-hour documentary. Quote, this one is about Vince McMahon, his life, and wrestling, so obviously it can be two hours. Obviously it can't be two hours. No. no. When asked if he thinks McMahon will be happy with it, Simmons responded, I don't know. I think you will strip away all the other stuff, and you would just talk about the last 50 years that he had. It's been a pretty... Good topic for a documentary, he continued. Simmons, who also produced HBO's documentary on Andre the Giant, continued to talk about the difficulty of producing documentaries on subjects related to pro wrestling. Quote, we dealt with this with Andre. Part of the problem with wrestling is talk about a game of telephone, Simmons said. Especially with wrestling, which is hyperbole and embellishment and blowing everything out. Naughty. It's really hard to sift <laughs> through, and we had a lot of trouble with Andre about even the WrestleMania 3 match. Just... Okay, Hogan's telling us now that he didn't know if Andre was going to kick out. How is how true is that? <laughs> Spoiler alert, not very. Yep. So then you have to really dive into it. And then it's like, well, Vince is also saying that's true. It's just uh, wrestling is a tough space. Yeah, I would assume it is. Um, I like the part where they say the, that they think Vince will have no final say in this. Um, if he doesn't like it, I bet this never sees the light of day. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's for HBO, like I, or it's on Netflix, I don't know how strong their partnership with Netflix is. I don't know. I mean, someone could uh, this tape could end up missing after Vince leaves or something. You know, mm, perhaps tapes go missing, people go missing. People with tapes. That would be a hell of a final, like, just fucking tip of the hat curtain call. If, like, the Vince McMahon saga ended with him having somebody murdered for making a documentary about him. That oh, that would be. Slanderous. That would be. That would be pretty pretty fucking funny. But um, I like the point he makes here about how you don't know if Hogan's telling the truth. Um it is my favorite. That's my favorite part of this article is just him saying that the hard part about making wrestling documentaries is that you don't know when you're being lied to. Well, I I actually like my thing is I like that he actually brought that up. Like, I'm, you know, this this is the part that sucks is these guys are fucking they're just carny liars. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if he knows Hulk Hogan is probably the worst of the worst when it comes to that, but. Oh, I think he knows. I think he's actually watched wrestling. I don't know if he currently watches it, but he was an old school wrestling fan. So he has to have some idea that Hulk Hogan's full of shit. Yeah, I'm sure he sees all the fucking same articles we do, too. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean. And by the way, if Vince collaborates something Hulk Hogan said, I still wouldn't fucking believe it. How's that? There you go. Vince could collaborate everything Hulk Hogan said, and I'd still be like. I'm still skeptical. I'm still skeptical. Not quite sure about that right there. 
But uh, anyway, um, I got nothing else on that. If you don't, no, we're good here. All right, man. Then uh, hit that, hit that last one, and we'll hit the two fifty. I got a feeling we're not going to do more than an hour and a half tonight, which no big deal. No, apparently there is a shakeup in creative. Oh shit! On Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer gave an update on Vince McMahon being out of WWE's creative process. Meltzer re- reported last week that Paul Triple H Levesque is the person making all of the key decisions in creative right now. Meltzer noted that if Vince is out, Vin, Meltzer noted that McMahon is out of the process at the moment. Meltzer stated on WOR. That the decision in Cincinnati, by the way, was made oh, by Endeavor huh? TKO Group's holding CEO Ari Emanuel. Quote, Vincent Kennedy McMahon was the guy making all the decisions and now Vince was in fact overruled. Ooh. Even though when he merged the company, he was told that this would not happen. It did happen. <laughs> Got ganked. And it's really an <laughs> interesting thing. And that statement when Ari Emanuel was talking about the reasons the stock was down, stock is down, and he mentioned Vince's name. So it's very interesting. I think that I think what is going to happen, Meltzer said, quote, Vince, Vince's power is clearly marginalized. You know, um, you know, there's no way around that. I, I'm assuming Meltzer said, um, you know, a couple of times and they just edited it out. Um, <laughs> Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated also reported last Friday that Emmanuel was behind the change. Quote, multiple contacts within WWE and UFC have confirmed that Ari Emanuel, who wields power as Endeavor CEO, Ooh. is behind the change, Barrasso wrote. Emanuel has long been a firm believer in order for an organization to be effective as possible. People need to do the job they are assigned. In this case, that approach has empowered Levesque to exert his full influence in the company's creative sphere. Ooh. I fucking hate corporate lingo. Endeavor's acquisition of WWE became official last month. WWE and UFC have been merged into one publicly traded company named TKO Group Holdings. Mm. McMahon has the job title of executive chairman of the board in TKO. Levesque is WWE's chief content officer. Oh, yeah. So basically, he stayed on board, sold the company to somebody that was going to continue to let him run the company in creative. They agreed to it, and then as soon as the ink dried, they fucking ousted the man. Like, he he's apparently still has the title of executive chairman, but, like, what does that entail? They, they just gave him some kind of fucking cushy job where he can't actually hurt anything. This is like at the end of The Shield, when Vic Mackey thought he was going to be, you know... Like all his crimes, he was getting immunity for everything. Did you ever see the shield? I did not, but go ahead anyway. <laughs> Quick breakdown, Vic Mackey, his whole crew, they from from the first episode, they were dirty the whole time. The whole episode is them the whole show from season one to seven is them literally trying to cover up something that uncovers something else that they try to cover up, which again fucks up everything. It's just a vicious cycle of them trying to cover shit up and fucking shit up in the meantime and trying to cover that up. It's it's the whole sh- it, it's great watching the show. It's a fucking emotional roller coaster the show. But at the end he's goes to the FBI and they say they're going to just completely you get immunity for everything. He starts telling what he did 
And they're like, what the fuck? And the next thing you know, he's not on the street anymore, which he was a street cop. They sat him at a fucking desk. Basically, they made him fucking a data entry guy. Mm-hmm. And he thought he was getting this great deal, great shit going on. Nope. Fucked in the end. And by the way, if you decide not to take our deal, the immunity deal is off and you go to jail. Vince, they've kind of got him by the fucking short hairs here. If you think about it, all he can do is bow down. He didn't fucking own him. He's not the majority owner anymore. He's not, he, he can be out fucking voted on shit now. I honestly, I got to say, as somebody who is a very cynical person who kind of can see a lot of shit coming, I this I did not see this coming, and, but I also I applauded. Bravo. Uh, smell me a hostile takeover. <laughs> Mayhaps. I mean, that's not out of the question, but it's just funny that uh, fucking Vince got out shystered by a better shyster. Vince is getting out shystered. Vince is getting out carnied by a better carny is what he's getting. Oh, shit. This, this, I mean, this is, this is good. If, if, let me start with if true, this is good. Triple H, I'm not saying Triple H is going to be the end all be all. He's going to turn the, turn WWE into this fucking, you know, absolute, oh my God, the attitude error is coming back. Those who think that need to relax a little bit. Attitude error is not fucking coming back. It, it, It can't. No. You will offend everybody now, no matter what you do. With You cannot be edgy anymore. You can't. You can't. I mean, look what happened on AEW a couple of weeks ago. Well, you. I mean, not only that, but I mean, it wouldn't be as impactful even if people weren't as easily offended just because the Attitude Era was sort of reflective of how media was at that time anyway, where just pushing the line and being titillating and offensive and controversial and envelope pushing. Yeah. That was very much in vogue and very, I mean, that was late nineties. I think 99 was like the beginning of the Sopranos. This is when all that kind of anti-hero stuff started happening in television. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, look, the time of that attitude era was, it was Jerry Springer, Geraldo. It was fucking trash TV. Howard Stern. Howard Stern. It was trash TV at the time. It was, was great. And then Janet Jackson showed a boob. Um, mm-hmm. A titty took us right back to the fucking 1920s. I can't believe it. Titty fucked up every... I'm telling you, bro. Me and Anthony fucking trace this down. I've said this before. We've tracked this down. It all goes back to people started getting uptight when Janet Jackson showed a titty. Not even both titties, one titty. And it wasn't even the titty. It was the nipple that pissed people off. Mm-hmm. She could have showed a titty. If she had a pasty on that titty, no one would have said a fucking word. A Band-Aid would have worked, too. Mm-hmm. Piece of duct tape. Confetti could have fell from the sky. If it had stuck to her titty, no one would have had a problem. That's right. That's right. Fucking nipple. That's what happened. Janet Jackson showed a nippy. The whole world went fucking crazy. I don't know. I don't know what happened. He really wants me to play this. Norab. <clears throat> Let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, not again, Noe. When was that? 2004? 2001? Yeah, I want to say 2004. It was definitely... Oh, I don't know if I can say definitely. I want to say it was Patriots Panthers Super Bowl. I 
think so. Was it 04, though? It was Patriots, Panthers, or Patriots, Eagles. I want to say 04. Let's I think it was see. 04. And I mean, for some reason, radio stations had to start editing their material because Janet Jackson showed a booby. I never figured it out. I never, we, we all got uptight because Janet Jackson's boob. Yep. February 1st, 2004. Fuck yeah. I have a memory. I'm not even a football fan and I remembered that shit. Well, you're a titty fan. I am a fan of titties and I do remember where my titties come from. That's right. I remember. There's a whole fucking billboard article about what happened after Janet Jackson's 2004 Super Bowl, I'm, quote, Nipplegate incident. Remember what happened in the aftermath of Nipplegate? Yes. So apparently I think somebody else has a similar theory that like the whole society turned to shit after that. I'm trying to figure out if I was right about the teams. I'm saying Patriots Panthers, but I could be. I think you're right. It's I'm, I'm telling you, it started the next morning I woke up. And. I was listening to 105.9, big, uh, big 106 was the station at the time. And I'm listening to, I forget what song it was, but it, you, you, you heard, cur- you used to hear curse words on the radio. They would slip one in every now and then didn't matter. Nope. It was completely like cut and spliced. Smart was I right. did it. I was right. Smart was right. I Super can see him. Patriots 32, Panthers 29. Wow. There you go. Go, Boston. That's it. All right. My God, they probably fucking, oh my, there's probably still damage from that night in Boston. Oh, probably. Yes. <laughs> there's probably bars that never opened again. Ha, <laughs> ha, Oh, this is this is fucking wild. Uh, the national anthem was sung by Beyonce. That's pretty crazy. Um, See, no one even I remembers. I bother you with... Good. No, no, I said no one even remembers that. Please go ahead. I didn't remember that. Mm. The halftime show... See, that's a, that's a fucking question and a half. Is like, name anybody else that was on that halftime show other than Justin Timberlake because he was the one that took the titty out. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the halftime show, it's fucking wild. Jessica Simpson, Ocean of Soul. I have no idea who the fuck that is. Spirit of Houston. I'm assuming that's a choir of some kind. Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake, P. Diddy, Nelly, and I saved the best for last, Kid Rock. Kid Rock oh. was in the mix somehow. Janet Jackson, P. Diddy, Kid Rock, Justin Timberlake. It was Wow. And I'll bet at one point Kid Rock said, My name is Kid Rock. So that <laughs> That's pretty wild. The Kid Rock was part of the halftime show and he's like he didn't he was the one that was like the least controversial. I mean not not now. But well, yeah, I don't, was, you know, some a lot of the, things were different back then. Some of the stuff he's controversial for, I'm like, is that really controversial? Not really. Some of it, some of it, I'm like, yeah, you you fucked up there, pal. Uh, this you is don't the second straight podcast I've done where we're talking about Kid Rock. I know and the other one's a sports show, so I don't know how the fuck this keeps happening uh, because we just talk sports too, and look where it ended up. But you don't sit well, there. This is the second show that I've talked sports on too, guys. You're in it. I know. I know. We'll. Uh, all right, then you know what? Fuck it, we'll move on. All I know is don't fucking sit there and, you know, egg people on to fucking boycott Bud Light and then be caught drinking a Bud Light. Motherfucker, put it in a goddamn cup. Mm-hmm. Find a koozie. 
Drink wine if you have to. There's cameras. He got caught. He got caught being a fucking hypocrite. Oh, well. Life sucks. I don't give a fuck. Guy makes good music. Guy makes good music. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how it was that we got here. I was trying to, like, work my way, like, rewind and work my way back into the woods. Mm-hmm. Or out of the woods. Because we were talking about the Attitude Era, how it wouldn't fly, how television media was different. Right, and we got right, to talking right, right. about Janet Jackson's titty. That was a real journey that we just went on. It was. But I think uh, it was a good journey. I enjoyed it. It was fun. And uh, we have not had tit talk in a while. Mm-hmm. We just had tit talk. To that note, I feel like that was also around about the same year that Swordfish came out. And I'm just going to go ahead and say that I prefer Holly Berry's. Now, Halle Berry may be crazy, but she is hot as fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I mean, she's not Jada Pinkett crazy, which helps. God, <laughs> no one is. That's a whole other story for a whole other time. <laughs> not Swordfish was 2001. Okay, One. well, never mind. Okay, Travolta, Harry Bailey, uh, Halle Berry, excuse me. I almost said Halle mm-hmm. Bailey. That's the new girl. Mm-hmm. That's no, the new girl is uh, Zoe Deschanel. Haley Berry is the fucking Little Mermaid. Yeah, that's what Hugh I Hugh Jackman then. was in the movie, and Don Cheadle was also in the movie. Okay, Don Cheadle, bad motherfucker right there. I need to watch this movie to see if it's any good. I don't remember seeing it either. I have been on a run of watching movies that I have not watched yet. Um, I watched a couple of Jason Statham movies last week. I watched Crank 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Crank and crank high voltage. Um, if you don't like ridiculous, purposely ridiculous movies that are just action packed for no reason, don't bother. But they're purposely shot the way they are. They're like cut with video game segments and everything. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. The, I saw Crank One. Okay. Second one was kind of stupid, but you know me. And then um, mm-hmm. the other one I want, The Meg, about the big sharks, one and two. Mm-hmm. Second one just came out, like a few, like a couple months ago. The Meg, uh, Meg 2, The Trench, just came out. I saw I that. I feel like they were promoting that on AEW quite a bit, because we had to have made fun of that before. We probably did. We probably did. But, um, and I've been well, trying to think. Why can't I ever think when I'm needed to think? Um, I watched uh, all the escape plans. I did not realize there were two more escape plans. The first one was with Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm. And then Stallone still did two more after that. Batista was in the, the, the next two. Batista was in the next two, two uh, escape plans. Not the Holly Berry related topics. No, he said Monster Ball. That's good. Oh, yes. Monster's Ball. Her and Billy Bob Thornton just Uh having themselves a time. Stephen Butler says guilty pleasure for movie for me. Holly Berry WWE film The Call. No, I haven't seen The Call, but I've seen the one that they had. uh, I think it was Oculus. It was about like a fucking evil mirror or some shit. It wasn't. It was actually pretty solid. 
This so like their actual like the movies they make involving people who aren't wrestlers were actually pretty decent. Well, and these were movies they just bought distribution rights to, and I think the call was the first movie they did that with. Was mm-hmm. they just bought the distribution for the movie? And they did if, well. I, if I recall, not a pun intended, uh-huh. they had Holly Berry on WWE TV for like a week or two to promote that movie, and she mm-hmm. seemed like she would rather be doing fucking anything else than fucking having to like be in segments with like Dolph Ziggler or whatever the fuck it was. Well, she, I mean, if she was with Dolph, that'd be a different story. She would have been wanting to tap that. You know, Dolph is known for getting some ladies. Steven, mm-hmm. Steven Seagal is a funny action star. He is a funny action star. But I like Steven Seagal movies. Under Siege, a couple of those. But I watched a few more movies that I, I I don't know why. I just can't think of the movies I watched. But I definitely have been watching a lot of movies that I just never seen before. Just putting them on. Last night, I watched uh, Black Dog. 1998 movie with um, Patrick Swayze and Meatloaf. And... R.I.P. all around. And... Randy Travis. Wild. And Randy Travis, who plays a truck driver who is trying to be a singer but can't sing. That took some acting chops right there. (laughs) I think it all depends on who you ask. Yeah, but uh, anywho. All right. Let's, uh, Let's move along, I guess. Mm hmm. Kind of back to titties. Um, right there, folks. The Pro Wrestling Illustrated Women's 250 was released yesterday or today? Yesterday. It was released. I think it was last night when it was released. It was late last night. But anyway, here it is right here, folks. Um, obviously, you see who tops that list. It is Rhea Ripley, who... I think for most of this year has been pretty much the the center of attention in wrestling. Rhea Ripley and the Judgment Day. So we'll first go through the top 10. I do have the full list. And, well, have um, you, now have you read the full list? Wait a minute, Stephen Butler. Hold, wait, hold up. Hold up, wait a minute. Stephen Butler... Just said he not only did he meet Steven Seagal, but he was an extra in Exit Wounds. Now I have seen me some fucking extra wounds. I, That's the one with DMX, yeah. Yes, sir. And Anthony Anderson's in it. Um please tell me what scene that was, man. I want to look for you. I will go watch after this show. Please tell me what scene that is. I want to look for you, my man. That's fucking awesome. He was an extra in a fucking Seagal movie. Holy shit, I'm blown away right now. All right. It is pretty funny because it it, kind of describes who we are as people and how different we truly are. Because you're like, oh, you were in the Steven Seagal movie? And I was like, oh, you're in the DMX movie? Right? (laughs) You're right. Hey, DMX was good in that movie. Actually, every he was in a couple of movies I saw him. The couple of movies I saw him in, he was good. Romeo Must Die. I'm trying to remember Romeo Must Die. Ones. That's the other one he was in. Thank you. I have. I, he was I, in probably a couple, but that's the only two I can remember. Yep, those are the two I th- that were pretty pretty big. I, 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 
He, he was good in those movies. Um, all right. Anyway, back to what we were talking about. Oh, okay. It was filmed in Toronto. Okay. The scene filmed at Metro Hall at the beginning of the movie. I don't think you can see me. Well, I'm going to look anyway. I'm going to watch that when I get out of here, man. I'm going to look anyway. If I see you, I'm going to pause it. I'm going to take a fucking screenshot. And I'm going to go, folks, I found him. I found him. I'm going to slow Either it down. Way, you can forever say that you were in a movie with Steven Seagal, which is more than most. God damn. That's pretty fucking awesome, Steven. That is really fucking awesome, man. That's so cool. It really is. That really is. All right. But anyway, we're going to go back to uh, Rhea Ripley, who looks a lot better than Steven Seagal. Um, she is, and now, Smart, you asked me, did I read the whole list? Most mm-hmm. of it. Most of it. Okay. Well, bef- instead of reading the whole list, I've devised a game. Okay. Because I, w- I read the whole list, and I, I was like, what can we do with this? It's like maybe mildly amusing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the game is higher or lower on the list than Marina Shafir. Okay. Because I don't know where she so, is. So in other words, are they ahead of Marina Shafir, as in a better number, closer to one? Or are they behind Marina Shafir, as in a number closer to 250? Okay. All right. So with that being said, you said Rhea Ripley was first. Well, let, do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Well, I, we could do the top 10, right? And then okay. I think we should do the top 10, and then we'll go on to the list. That that cool with you? That sounds good to me. All right, let's knock out the top 10 real quick because the top 10 are the top 10. And I think the top top 10, I think, are very, very good, in my opinion. Um, you got one with Rhea Ripley. Two, we're looking at uh, Julia, who we saw on AEW TV a while ago. Not long ago, right, Smart? Mm-hmm. Bianca Belair at three. Jamie Hayter at four, which, Okay. You know what? Before we get into that, uh, this list, uh, this the the the, the evaluation period is from uh, twenty twenty three October first. Actually, it says the evaluation period for the twenty twenty three list because this is the twenty twenty three list runs from October first, twenty twenty two to September fifteenth, twenty twenty three. So this is from October twenty two to September twenty twenty three. There you go. Knock that out. Um, Jamie Hader at number four, Tom Nakano, Tam Nakano, excuse me, at number five, Athena at number six. That's the only one that confuses me a little bit. I mean, we really have not seen her on television a lot. I don't know if that really matters, but it's true. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo, number seven, Willow Nightingale, number eight, nine is Camille, and number 10 is Jordan Grace. So there you go. Now, let me get out of that. Now, smart. Mm-hmm. All right, how are we going to do this here? Because I don't know where Marina Shafir is on this list. I have, I, right. I did not look. I could, but, okay. I, but I won't. And uh, to pr- here, I will put this up on the screen, and I will not move it. We can sit there and stare at Rhea Ripley. Number one, mommy. So, how do you want to do this? Okay. Well, what we'll do is everybody else can play along if they would like to. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm just going to pick a couple of random names. Let's say five. Five is probably good. Okay, enough. that works. That works. I like it. I like it. 
And the idea is you're going to guess whether they have a better or worse position on the countdown than okay. Maria Shafir. And see, this here will prove that I am not scrolling and looking. I'm going to leave this up here because if I scroll and look, it will follow me. So we're going to start with a very easy one to get everybody warmed up. OK, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Number one, Charlotte Flair, better position or worse position? Better. Correct. Yes, exactly. OK, OK. okay. All right. So now we're going to have a little bit more fun. Uh, let's see. Stardom okay. wrestler Suzu Suzuki. Better or worse? Better. Correct. Okay. Indeed is better. Okay. Independent wrestler Holly Dead. Better or worse? Holly Dead? Mm-hmm. Okay. I do know who she is, actually, believe it or not. I've actually mentioned her, saying she could be a great replacement for Thunder Rosa. Uh, Thunder Rosa's former tag team partner, as a matter of fact. See what I mean? Um, I'm going to say lower. Mm, you are correct. You're three for three so far. I feel like we're playing that high-low game on fucking prices, right? And I'm doing well. All right. <laughs> Keep going. In, in, well, NWA and I also believe Impact Wrestler. Independent wrestler as well. Allison K. Better or worse? Okay. Trying to think of the year they had. I'm gonna go wor- I'm gonna go lower again. Lower, you are correct. Oh, I've almost got what am I winning? Am I getting a car? Am I getting a car? You're four for four. Yes, you are. You're getting a pinto. Oh. You're not gonna give me pinto beans, are you? Well, you know, you never know. I like them, but can you make them refried at least so I don't have to fucking cook them and shit? Well, you know, okay. All right, just a can. I'll take a fucking 89 cent can. Don't worry about it. Okay, let's do this. Last one. Come on. Let's see if I can go for out for five here. All right. The very last one here. I feel like this one's a little bit more challenging. Okay. Nikki Cross, better or worse? That is a little challenging because she's been going through a little... Because Nikki Cross has been two characters over this time. Mm-hmm. She's so she's regularly on WWE television versus Nikki Cross, or not Nikki Cross versus Marina Shafir, who is like regularly on Rampage. I'm going. I'm going worse. I'm going worse. Well, sir, you have five for five. Yes! Mar- Marina Shafir is number 170. Nikki Cross is number 175. Holiday, number 180. Allison K, 186. Charlotte Flair, I believe she was, I want to say number 21. Number 21, Suzuki, 31. Wow. So there are, if my math is correct, 80 wrestlers or worse than Marina Shafir, according to this list. Mm. Uh, consider retirement, ladies. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, well, let's, 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 again. And I did that because I think, I like I said, Nikki Cross was really two characters. So, she hasn't been back to Nikki Cross for very long. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, that's why I went with worse. I mean, we can scroll through a little bit here and get some other names on this list. That I'm, I'm not going through the whole list. Chris Statlander, number 18. She was out a lot of that time with an injury. 
Jade Cargill, number 14. I bet she's higher on this list next year. Mm-hmm. She may be number one next year, without a doubt. Could be. Could definitely be. Um, uh, let's see. Tony Storm, number 12. Nice. Very nice. Asuka, number 11. Uh, Masha Slamovich is number 13. Okay. Okay. I know she's an impact wrestler, I believe. Mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey at 22, who I guess announced her retirement on Twitter or Instagram. She's apparently officially retired from UFC and WWE. Well, good. You know what? She probably got enough uh, uh, enough money to be a full-time mom and stay at home. And Good. If that's what she wants to do, great for her. Fuck yeah. Woman doesn't need to do all that shit anymore if she doesn't have to. And if she wants to stay home with her daughter, good. She has a daughter, right? Daughter, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see who else. I'm just trying to go through some some of the names we talk about on this show a lot or have been mentioned this year. Britt Baker at number 36. Again, another accident-prone, injury-prone. Um, Liv Morgan, number 38. I actually... A little shocked at that one. I think Liv Morgan deserves to be higher. She's gotten a lot of uh, praise and attention this year. Mm-hmm. And especially during that time, she was getting a lot of uh, a lot of praise, a lot of attention from a lot of, uh, from all, pretty much all her colleagues. So just thought she'd be a little higher on that list. I don't know why some of these are blank, but whatever. Uh, Cora Jade. Should be higher on the list just because she was willing to get new boobs. Um, mm-hmm. And that's how you pay your dues. Maki Ito should be higher on the list because she is funny and absolutely adorable. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, our criteria is shallow as fuck. You know what it has none of us, Mark? None has no depth. See, I like Ito because she's the only person that managed to figure out how to defeat Jim Cornette. Because he put out a tweet bashing her, like calling anyone that likes her, like fans of like to shit people. Yeah, I believe. And she posted a picture of herself covered in chocolate. And she said, I am the queen of shit. The queen of shit. And then just no one said anything back to her. It's like, well, congratulations. You've won the game. Yeah. I don't even think he said anything after that. He was like, you know what? Uh, This is not going to go well for me. Mm -hmm. This little girl is going to tear me up. So uh we can go down the list a little bit here ruby soho 72 i think that's probably i think that's probably right um yeah pretty much just listen i i am a huge fan of ruby soho i just really wish they would learn to use her a little better Right. I think some of this is like also like on screen accomplishments. True. And she hasn't really had, they haven't put a belt on her or anything. And she's, you know, major feuds. Because I say win loss record, championships won, Mm -hmm. quality of competition, major feuds. That's a problem. Uh, Prominence within a wrestler's promotion overall ability. So, like, overall ability is literally last on the criteria list. Yeah. Sky Blue at 89. She'll be higher on that list next year, too. Um, I'm looking down this list. Wait a minute. Did I just see Taylor Wilde? I had the same thought. I was not aware that she was still in the game. I know she came back a while ago and had, like, a match. But 
Anyway, Gigi Dolan at 104. I thought she'd be higher. I thought Zelina would be higher. She had a good year. She was getting a lot of praise during that uh, that time in Puerto Rico, which was during this criteria. Natalia, I don't think Natalia gives a shit about these fucking lists. And, and again, we don't really give a fuck. This list ain't going to piss me off. But they, they do make good conversation. Sure. Um, Anna J, 111. Speaking of Janet Jackson, what has she done for us lately? Uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> Let's see, Riho, 126. I don't, I don't think she did much this year at all. Um, I don't know. I just, for some reason, just picture like Kenny Omega just violently pounding on a typewriter. It's like, this is been. bullshit. <laughs> Goddamn fucking assholes. Uh, Shotzi, I think, will again be higher on that list. There's, there's a few women on here that I definitely see breaking out and probably definitely being higher on that list. Shotzi, another one of them. Um, Diamante, low. Madison Rain, didn't do much. Piper Niven, I think she'll be up there on that list next year, too. She's another one they're uh, starting to get a, uh, to push. She was injured a little bit. Chelsea Green. My God, in- injury prone. We'll see what happens with her. Um, Looking through this list, look, there's Marina Schaffer. Mm-hmm. Right under her is Dufisto. Not a good place to be. No. Not a good place to be at all. Um, Just looking to see if there's any more. I, uh, again, what... Why are there blank spots on this list? Then some people didn't pay up, I guess. Oh, okay. Okay. Because you can pay to get on the men's list. I don't know if you can pay to get on the women's list. You might need to do something else. Who knows? Oof. Oof. Sexy Star 2? There's a. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talked about this. Basically, what ended up happening was she got stiff with one of her opponents. Uh, God, what was her name? Old Girl from Impact. Rosemary, and she right. fucking tried to break her arm and shit, and then she was like, sort of just everything went downhill for the, after that, and they ended up like firing her basically just for being an asshole, and they just fucking Aunt Vived her and put somebody else in her gimmick, gave That's her the mask, right. the name, the whole nine. I do remember you talking about this. I do, I do. So I think that's about really all the list we need to go through here for that. Um, there's really, I mean, not many more names, but I do see a few on that list that... Um, Definitely, I think we'll be higher next year. couple on that list, I hope we'll be higher next year, like a Ruby Soho. I definitely th- hope she'll be higher on that list next year. Mm-hmm. I do, I do. Um, oh, Nora, uh, Nora said she did break her arm. Jared got super pissed. Well, you know, it ain't ballet. I don't know if you heard that before. <laughs> Yeah, I watched that match, and like it didn't seem like she really did anything that was all that wrong. It seemed like she might have been off timing wise for like a move or two, and then she just all of a sudden just tried to fucking. I guess she did break her arm, so I was like, eh, "That's a bit much." A bit, a bit. I mean, that might be a little excessive, you know. Mm-hmm. Just a little, just a little bit. By the way, I I fixed this so I can now put hearts in the uh, YouTube chat. So. Nice. I did figure out what was going on there. So, all right. So I 
think this is about the time where we get into a little bit of the AEW Dynamite, which, by the way, was back on its regular night last night. I think a lot of people were very happy about that. Very mm-hmm. happy. So, all right. I guess we can uh, go ahead and kick this bad boy off, Mark, unless you got anything more on the uh, 250. No, we're good. All right. Then let's do this, folks. This show... Nope, didn't kick off with Orange Cassidy. I know. I know. It was weird. It was weird. But it did kick off with Jay White. Came down with the Bang Bang Gang. Which just sounds wrong on many levels. Mm -hmm. Many levels. And we're not going to get to those levels. but, But it does. It was Jay White versus Penta. Um, and, um, Penta wasn't fucking around. He took out all of them with a dive outside the ring before the match even fucking started. Fucking threw Jay White back in the ring. The match started. Jay White did end up winning this match, which I don't think anybody had any. I I think that was pretty obvious. It was going to happen. Um, so that, that, that was the beginning right there. As you can see right there, you see, he's still, has the belt. Now, what I like is that they've added the belt to the cardboard cutout. Mm-hmm. That is brilliant. That is right, yes. Fucking brilliant. Good touch right there. I like that little touch is what I, I do. I like it. I like it. So Two quick things that I liked about it. One, during the match... Pentagon hit a move I've never fucking seen before mm. where he had Jay White in like a fireman's carry and then he like flipped him out and then spun and like fucking turned into like a fucking arrow somehow or some shit like that. It was, it was ridiculous. I don't, like they didn't know what to call it in commentary. It was, it was a wild move. The second thing was Pentagon was out on the, uh, on the floor on the ring floor on the mat and Jay or not Jay White, Juice Robinson walks up to him and just starts flapping his arms for reasons I don't understand. And then he did a <laughs> jazzercise move. It just, I, whatever, he's just like the most fucking interesting person to watch. Anytime they're out there, the whole he's, Bullet Club crew, he, I'm, my eyes are transfixed onto him because he's always doing something fucking weird and it's always wild and entertaining. Yeah, he's a weird, weird motherfucker, man. Tony Khan used to just fucking put a, pull up a Brinks truck to that household because they are keeping his company worth watching. Just that fucking family. Just give them all the money. The Robinsons? Mm-hmm. Are we... The fuck? Oh. I forgot I left my door open. There's, there's, it's just me and my 15-year-old here tonight. My wife went to do uh, something for scouts, so... Heard somebody walk in. It was my dog. She got big feet, my, my, my little pup. So, after that match, Mark, we got the uh, Sheeta versus Emi Sakura match. Now, they're making this out like this match is a big deal, but I swear this match has happened before. Eight billion times. Um, Thank I you. mean, they, that's what they put on commentary. It was like, it's a long rivalry. They were in the same promotion. I don't know if she was like her trainer or just her yes. rival. Yeah. But they, they've wrestled like dozens of times. And then they were putting over commentary that she's been wrestling. She has been wrestling for like 15 years. And it was just last year that she finally beat her. Yeah, it was. 
they're just putting this over like it's like this once in a lifetime match. And I'm like, I swear we saw this already. Why are we fucking doing this? But anyway, we moved on and Renee Paquette was backstage with Adam Copeland. I'm going to try to do this without saying edge. Um, he says he's talked to Christian about uh, possibly, or he said he talked to Christian about possibly coming to AEW to end his career with Christian. But that possibility started becoming real and Christian started to become a little colder about it as time went on. Says he doesn't want to fight Christian or take his title, but will Christian be there for uh, when Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne leave him? So Edge sounds like a jilted lover who is waiting for the other girl to leave so he can get his man back. Um, is that what's gonna happen? We're gonna get a new odd couple tag team. It's gonna be fucking Edge and Roderick Strong. Oh yeah. Oh, there you go. De- probably something like that. It's just this is. I do kind of like the idea of how they were spinning it, where it's like Ed- Edge or Copeland was saying that um, he was joining AEW to team with Christian, and the whole idea was he was going they were going to be a tag team. And right, then, like right. as they got close to finalizing the deal, he got cold feet on that. So now he's basically just an AEW like kind of on an island. I guess he's teaming with FTR now, which makes no fucking sense. But hey, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I guess this is CM Punk's replacement. Uh, Christopher Kane, you are eighteen minutes late, but we'll let it slide this time, sir. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not really. He came for the AEW talk, and we spent like five minutes talking about it so that, far. He said at 8.55 my time, he would be back in an hour. He is 18 minutes late. I don't want to hear your shit. Summary, Pentagon does cool moves. Juice Robertson's a lot of fun. And uh, what was the other segment? Oh, we didn't care about the Amy Sakura match because no one does. No, because you don't get it. So that's why I don't even bother spending time on it. Well, she's not fucking Freddie Mercury anymore, so that's no. a step forward. No, she's not. She's not. So anyway, let's let's uh, yeah, let's fast forward to where we uh, where we caught up here. But I get it. Uh, but it does almost look like they brought Edge in to kind of replace, try to replace the grizzled veteran type look. It does. Mm-hmm. Like they brought in. Hey, we don't need punk. We got. Adam Copeland. Okay. But uh, I will say, Renee was a little, little giddy around old Adam Copeland last night. So if Edge is supposed to be replacing CM Punk, what happens at the press conference? What's Edge eating instead of a muffin? Is it like he's eating the fucking Canadian bacon? What are po- we doing here? Poutine. Is it about poutine? Maybe a little bad poutine, blue? A little bit of poutine. What do you think there, Stephen Butler? You Tell me. Tell us, Stephen Butler. Mm-hmm. What is old Canadian Edge eating there? Some old Timmy Hortons. I'm, 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 I am guessing, though, that Canadians do have muffins. <laughs> well, yes, that wasn't what I was trying to imply. I wasn't I'm, trying I'm, to imply I'm, that I'm, Canadians I'm, are not allowed access to muffins. I'm just thinking, you know, they probably have muffins over there in Canada. I mean, it's not like, you know... It's not, uh, whatever. It's not a third world country. No. No. But anyway, speaking of third world countries, we've got, um, 
Wardlow, who sometimes seems like they have stuck him in a third world country in this company, to be honest with you. He comes out, he squashes, uh, squashes, let me get that cue in there, squashes Ryan Nemeth, and then Tony Schiavone is like, hey, Wardlow, what you back for there, bud? What you come back for? Um, and by the way, I don't like the new look. Hold on. I don't like it. I, 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 he looks like that little mustache is drawn on. It's weird. Yeah, looking. kind of. He looks like he had fucking plastic surgery. Call me crazy. Maybe the beard did it, but he looks like he had fucking plastic surgery on his lips. Kind of. He looks almost like a little bit of like a bizarro version of Jeff Cobb. There you go. All right. I'll go with that. But um, he holds up this tape, which we mentioned last week that um, we noticed the MJ, MJF on his tape. So MJF's got his, uh, his work cut out for him. He's got everyone coming after him. He's got Omega coming after him. He's got uh, Wardlow coming after him. Can't stop, man. Got everybody coming after him. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't like the look. Shave the mustache. Keep the beard. I don't, I don't, I actually kind of don't think it's a bad look. Reminds me of Jimmy Buffett. Which song. I feel like I'm the, I'm in the minority in this one. I feel like. Mm. Well, I his mustache reminds me of a Jimmy Jimmy Buffett song. Wish I had a pencil thin mustache. Mm-hmm. I I don't like it. It looks like someone backstage took a pencil, drew the motherfucker in, but. I don't know. I don't even. See, I, mean, I just. I want whatever. this to be the year of the Vince mustache. All right. I know you love the mustache. Mm-hmm. The Vince mustache, the fucking little like, sharpie drawn on mustache. I, I like it. All right. All right. All right. You know what? I'll leave Wardlow alone. Maybe he'll change his mustache, but goddamn, that's a bad mustache. No, he says it Maybe looks he'll... weird. No, he even says it looks weird. What? Yeah, uh, yeah I noticed he said that. Let's see what. Uh, Let's see what Christopher Kane shot me here as a YouTube video real fast. I'm not going to pull this up yet. And I'm going to mute it. Oh, well, there's a quick ad here. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll play that ad, but let's see what happens here. What, uh, what is this that I was sent? I will tell you it, um, it is not in English. <laughs> Okay, I'm intrigued. Yeah, okay, okay. It is six minutes long. I probably cannot play this on the air. Give me, hold on, give me a second here. Give me one second here, folks. Hold on. Can I? All right, maybe a minute. Let y'all see what I'm watching here. Why do I want to pull up? Oh, I know why. Here, I can get it to pull up. Give me a second. There it goes. Okay. This is the sexy body contest. <laughs> I can't, right. If I don't play audio, I got a better shot here. I'm playing another few seconds, and then we're going to have to shut it off. So, obviously, this is uh, this is in Tokyo, 
in September of 2023. So this was just last month. Here, I can do this. Then I can move up a little bit in the video. Oh, this was a very interesting match here. I mean, look at this. I'm not sure this is a match, but uh, here we go. Oh, there's your winner for Japan right there. I don't know what's going on, but this is kind of cool. That's pretty much how I feel anytime I try to watch Japanese wrestling, so just stick with it. All right. Thank you, Mr. Kane. Appreciate that. This is a bikini contest over there. So anyway, let's uh, close that out before we stop uh, completely com lose our train of thought here. So anyway, after that, we got Renee. She was backstage again, and she was with Kenny Omega. MJF comes up, and he's like, man, I've always been a, uh, a fan of yours. Been, been, been a fan. Uh, yeah. Holds out his hand, shakes it, and he goes in, and he whispers, 13 days, bitch. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which I was like, nice. And Omega was just like, oh, really? All right, all right. So there was that part right there, but here was a little, 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 little picture of that for you guys right there. Renee has a nice little look on her face. Indeed. Fellow Canadian, Kenny Omega. A lot of Canadian energy on the show. A lot of Canadians, you're right. You're right. Not MJF. New Yorker, New Yorker, New Yorker. Nope. But um, so here's what we had after that. We had a few more things come on after that. And we had the kingdom with Roderick Strong and Cole. Cole brings Roddy the coffee because he's asking for it. He spits it out. Adam! You know I don't like hot coffee. And you know what? We should make peanut butter and jelly. They do this whole musical montage of Cole making one of the nastiest looking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> in the world. I love the music. It was the worst fucking music I've oh, ever heard in my life. It was awful. And then this whole segment was, this is getting stupid. Now, on all this, Adam Cole still has not had surgery, folks. He still has not had surgery, mm -hmm. and I still don't believe he needs surgery. But anyway. Um, but yeah, so he's doing that, and Roderick spits it out, and he died of like crust. And you're a fucking 10 year old child. Go fuck yourself. Um, but he says, you know what? Finally, Cole leaves. I'm fucking going to get surgery. And he goes, uh, Roddy goes, I might actually have to be nice to the scumbag to get my best friend back. And I held back vomit from the inside of my mouth. <laughs> okay, that's what happened right there. That was that scene. Anything on that? Um, outside is the fact that I enjoy the fact that your Roderick Strong sounds like Conrad mixed with a woman is <laughs> wild. Because you started to slip into rumor and innuendo territory, and then it well, became more of like nasally lady at the office that everybody hates. Actually, someone I used to work with. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. I'm not going to mention the name, but that's someone I used to work with. That's, that's the exact impression I used to do of them. And the whole office would start laughing. Let's see. Christopher Kane asked me if uh, 
MJF is going to hold the if he held the belt longer than my, or Omega or if he was going to hold the belt longer than Omega. I'm trying to figure out. Omega had the belt from December second, twenty twenty, to November thirteenth, twenty twenty one. So just shy of a year. I'm trying to see when MJF won it. November nineteenth, twenty twenty two. So yeah, he's on pace. He's on pace to beat that. Yeah, number. yeah, he is. We will definitely is. So we will we will see soon. Very 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 soon. So anyway, Tony Schiavone introduces the uh, Don Callis and his family. They come out, and Callis basically, or Hobbs, first of all, tells this Chris Jericho story, and obviously Hobbs is pissed off because Jericho did something years ago that... Anyway, this is... I don't... They've got these fucking monsters, these beasts of men... And they don't know how to use them. They've got them out there talking, trying to have these feuds with depth when, again, door depth. Again, we we don't need that from Hobbs. We need Hobbs to go out there and beat the shit out of people. I don't need to hear him cutting fucking, you know, long promos on why he hates Chris Jericho. Don't know if they know this. I did, but I got to tell you something. You know whose job that is to cut the fucking promo? Don Callis. Yeah, but like I said, I liked. I mean, it, it added a little bit of something to it because it, it makes a little bit more sense now than him just being like a random henchman for Callis. Is you know he was like looked up to Jericho when he was a kid, and he got to see Jericho at presumably like a live event. And Jericho being it's funny because you, you sort of have to like it becomes a weird interweaving of like trying to suspend disbelief because he was probably just being a like if. You take this for face value. It's probably just being a heel at a show. If this actually did happen, it probably didn't. But then, we in the world of like everything being real, Powerhouse Hobbs is like, all right, and that was that day that I knew I was going to go to wrestling school and avenge the day that Chris Jericho was mean to me and in Grandma House Hobbs. You know, I'd rather just sit there and watch him be menacing and let Don Callis talk. I thought, it was, I thought it was a good promo. I thought it was he, he did a good job speaking for himself. He that's probably the best promo I've heard him cut. But then, how um, many promos have I heard him cut? I know I'm not saying he did a bad job, but when you take this guy from all the bullshit he's been doing, and you put him with a Don Callis, I would let Don Callis speak for him for a while. Is sure. what I would do. That's just personally me. He didn't do a bad job at all. I thought it was fine. I'm just saying I would have preferred you let Don Callis do the talking. You sit there, look menacing. And then that promo can be cut backstage before a match. In my opinion, mm-hmm. or leading up or leading up to a pay-per-view, right? But like a go home pay-per-view, that would be a good one. I just would rather Don Callis talk. But I get what you're saying. But again, wasn't bad. No problems with it. I'm not complaining. Um, but finally, they call out. Uh, Don Callis gets on the mic and he basically calls Kyle Fletcher a loser. A loser, basically mm-hmm. a loser too. A, and a loser. He was on the bobsled team. Cool. He was starring he Kyle was. Fletcher. Right. And the losers. Mm-hmm. What a what a loser. Um. Fletcher came out and 
Now, this was a bad promo because, my God, I thought I heard somebody clear their throat in the 42nd row. <laughs> the, the crowd was dead silent, dude. He paused for a second like he was going to get a pop after some clever line he thought he put out. And this is what we heard. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm telling you, some guy in the 42nd row cleared his fucking throat during that promo, and I heard it. That's, well, that's the funny part, though, because he comes out, he's like, yeah, I know last time I was I was in the ring with you guys, I was the weak link, and I did lose, but I'm not going to lose this time. And it's like, yeah, you are. I mean, I know that you have to believe that you're going to win the match, but like everybody knows that you're losing the match. Yeah, and he did. And he mm -hmm. did. Don Callis was all pissed off about, oh, he lost this match. Uh, it was a really good match, though. I'm not going to lie with you. Yes, it was. He's a hell of an effort. Yeah, him and Omega put on a fucking great match there, I thought. Um, but Don Callis all pissed off, blah, blah, blah. So whatever. Um, but what we did get after that, Smart, which I'm happy to, to, to see this guy coming back. Been a while. We're getting Danhausen back, and we did say... Expect to see him back. We were, uh, we, we, I think we uh, talked about him a few weeks ago and that he was definitely going to be back soon because they were, he was getting back on the circuit, kind of talking, kind of teasing. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's trying to win me over and I don't appreciate what he's trying to do because he's doing like dirty underhanded tactics because he was doing the Silver Shamrock song or like a parody of it. And I fucking love Halloween 3, but I do not love Dan Housen. And he's, he's, she's trying to pander to me and I, it might start working, and I'm afraid of that. It's a fun character, man. Just, just, just let it happen, Smart. Let it happen. I refuse. No. Let now, it see, happen. if you would have went with the character that I suggested while we were doing that Royal Rumble watch along, Transhausen, that would be a much better. So. Um, well, there was, there was supposed to be that like rumor where like Gold Dust was going to get boob implants. Mm. I feel like that's what we need to do with Dan House. Just give him, give him a boob job. You'd like him better with tits? I'm confused. You nerd. I don't like him now. So, I mean, let's I'm try things. Just saying, I'm confused on what you're trying to say here, Smart. Where are you going with this? I don't know where I'm going with this, honestly. I think we should move on and save you. Sure. So, I'll grab onto that life preserver. So, Lance Archer returns, Smart. What do you think of that? Mm -hmm. What did you think of fucking that right there? He went in the ring and squashed Barrett Brown. Which is no easy task, let me tell you. Let me tell you what, when Barrett Brown gets out there, boy, let me tell you what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Barrett Brown was out there. He, 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 he got up, he got down, he got back, he got around. Next thing you know, he was down. I do like how he just like ran down the ramp behind him and just started kicking the shit out of him, like yeah. all the way down the entrance ramp and then into the ring, and then the match was over. Like he, nobody like beats up like jobbers, and just nobody's better than Lance Archer. Oh yeah, Archer just fight and throws him around. He doesn't give a fuck. He's done. I am a little bit bummed out that there was no Jake the Snake though, but maybe maybe next couple of weeks. Maybe he kind of yeah. I'm hoping. To see Jake the Snake back. And again, we talked about uh, them coming back, at least Lance Archer coming back soon, maybe a month and a half ago. I think we started to uh, mention that. Um, 
So after that, we get Swerve. He's down there with Prince Nana. They're outside. And basically, this is all to promote Swerve's music video. And he says he should be happy, but he's not happy because Swerve isn't champion because of Adam Page. And Smart's doing the dance. He's doing the dance. I like how he made his dance white people accessible. That was very nice of him. Look, man, it's like the electric slide. Mm-hmm. All right. One, two, one, two. It is. It's very easy for white people to do because they drive a car the same way. <laughs> Scrunched up to the wheel. <laughs> Self-conscious the entire time. Uh-huh. See? Same fucking thing, dude. Same fucking thing. White people, drunk people, fat people. Like it's it's an all inclusive dance. It's swerve is a marketing genius. Absolutely. Absolutely. Working. It's working for him. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, folks. I'm tired tonight. I apologize for the yawning. Oh, daddy's been up since five forty five. Well, my wife is gone, so I gotta get up and get my kid out. My older one. And uh, as I said at work today, waking up my son is like trying to wake up mud. It's exactly what it is trying to wake up my son, like mud. Come on, come on, and I'm and 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 it won't work. It won't work. So one more day of it, and I'll be good. I'll be good. But uh, this is where we got a a a, a, a good part of the show. Sting. Came out, we all knew Sting was making a uh, an announcement this week. And finally he came out, and we got to hear his announcement. He came out, he mentioned some of the feuds he's had over his career. He mentioned Dusty Hogan. He mainly, I'm not going to say he mainly, but he did focus on his feud with Ric Flair, which put this motherfucker on the map, dude. <laughs> They're a great promo because he names all these people from his past, like you said. Mm-hmm. Lex Luger, crowd cheers. Steiner yep. Brothers, crowd cheers. Buff Bagwell, crowd even still cheers. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair gets a woo chant. Yep. Hulk Hogan gets boos. He <laughs> Sting's did. like, yeah, I, I see your point, but he, he helped me out. Of some... well, he, he was instrumental in my career. And he said, which is a... Very true fact, in my opinion. Hulk Hogan did transcend wrestling, and uh, he, he did. He, You say what you want, but wrestling wouldn't be what it is right now without a Hulk Hogan. This is true. And There's a part of me that wonders like, if Vince would have just been as committed to pushing Savage if it would have still just worked out the same. Well, and notice I just said a Hulk Hogan, not that Hulk Hogan, meaning he could have found someone else to probably do the same thing. But stars aligned, he did find the right guy. And again, at the time, that's what it was. The stars aligned, he found the right guy. It took off. Mm-hmm. Have a good night, Noah. I mean, you know, some people say better to be lucky than good. So, you know. Yeah, that's true. Lucky, luck, lucky, luck, luck. So anyway, after he mentioned all those people, he said in 2015 he retired, but it didn't feel right. But this time, he gets to go out on his way, his terms. And he announces his last match will be at Revolution 
2024. Which brings who? A lot of people think Darby Allen. I think that's a smart way to go. I even saw people say, bring Ric Flair out of retirement. Folks, if you, if you know any of those people, um, and if your state possibly has red flag laws, I, I'm, I'm not putting an idea in anyone's head. I'm just saying those people probably should be helped mentally. <laughs> They, I mean, who else? I mean, Robocop, maybe? Jeff ooh. Farmer, the fake Sting. So you have fake Sting versus real Sting. Yeah, I mean, see, and that's the thing. All the guys that he could fake, I mean, even the guys that he, I mean, was talking about, I mean, a lot of them are too old to do it. I, what's funny is Sting makes this announcement. Last week, Ric Flair said he's ready to have another match. And I'm like, oh, does Conrad need another fucking money grab? There was a commercial in like 2000, I want to say, maybe 99. Who knows? Who cares? It was a Sprite commercial where Sting beat the ever-loving shit out of a child for uh, some reason, uh, which was supposed to encourage you to drink Sprite. Well, I got the, That's who his last match should be. You should have Powerhouse Hobbs cut a promo about how he was that little white kid that Sting beat up fucking 25 years ago, and now he's after revenge. You know, the funny thing is you could get half of that AEW roster to claim they were that kid. Mm-hmm. I would totally, I mean, it's not at all true, but I would totally buy MJF just claiming he was that kid. That would be funny. <laughs> but, I mean, Sting has had an incredible career. He's been around since the 80s. Listen, at that show I talk about, the first show that I, you know, where Ricky Morton fell on me, Robert Gibson spit on that show also Sting got th- um through I forget who he was up against, but he threw someone out of the ring and they ran to the to backstage. I ran and I I wanted to pat Sting on the back like I saw everyone else doing. So I did. So Sting holds a good little place in my uh wrestling heart if you know what I mean by that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, he's had a great career though, man. As you know, you came out as surfer sting, which I thought was a great character. After years and years and years and years and years, it's the same fucking character, not really changing. He comes back as this character that we're seeing right now, this kind of the, the crow sting, mm-hmm. which he also evolved into, the Joker sting and other little nuances of the painted face character. He's, he's had a lot of fun with, I think he's had more fun with this character than he probably did with the surface sting character. Cause surface sting character was just this, you know, white meat baby face that really didn't have any, let's say it again, depth to the character. Mm-hmm. This character, I think he had a lot of fun with, especially I, especially an impact when he was doing the Joker Sting. He looked like he was having a blast doing the Joker Sting shit. But, um, hey, 2024, Revolution, it's, uh, it's going to be sad to see him stop his career. You know, it is. I, I hope he stays 
I would like to, now he did say his in ring, I would like to see Sting stay and maybe be a manager. Maybe an authority maybe. figure. Maybe be backstage. I don't know. What do you think? I could see him helping out in some form or fashion. Like you said, maybe a manager, maybe a backstage figure, something of that sort. I think he's one of those guys you wouldn't want to let go. You wouldn't want him to just retire and leave. I mean, if he wants to work a, a lighter schedule, let him. Doesn't want to go to the fucking house shows, fine. But mm. I think Sting can be, can be utilized in many ways. What I don't want to see is him as Darby's manager. I don't know why. I think that's almost too obvious. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I can't wait to go out there and find out what my dog is out there tearing up, by the way. It's going to be cool. <laughs> it's going to be fun, Smike. It's going to be like a game. Mm -hmm. What's my dog tearing up? I don't know. Do you know? No. Sounds like she has food. Oh, well. We'll figure it out. But um, anything on Sting? No, it was a good promo. Like I said, the, the, the part where you mentioned Hogan and everyone booed made me laugh. That was that fun. Was, that was fun. It was a good time. Good time for all. Uh, I was actually a little bit surprised that there was like nobody came to interrupt it. Like he actually had a sincere moment where he like kind of thanked everybody. And he's like, all right, you know, mm -hmm. Revolution 2024, that's it. Mm -hmm. And he just like walked around the ring for a minute and like kind of took everything in. And then that was it. I think they wanted to give him that moment to say what he had to say. I'm kind of glad no one interrupted. Yeah, and I appreciate it. It's, it's a nice, like, it's sort of the fact that there wasn't a twist was the twist. But yeah. just as a wrestling fan, you're conditioned to, like, all right, who's coming out? Almost kind of a breath of fresh air in them a little bit. Mm -hmm. so, It'd be like if they had a wedding that just actually went through and nobody did anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So we got the Tony Storm stuff, which we talked about in picture in picture, the silent film again. Uh, gone. Well, no, the, there's no need to skip over that. Well, we're not skipping over it, but it was Gone with the Storms, Mark. <laughs> gone with the Storm. Um, okay, I really, I, I need to see what this dog is getting into because it's getting louder. Mm -hmm. So if you don't mind talking about that, just give me 30 seconds here. Just go for one minute, please. Sure, like you said, and apparently this happened in picture in picture. I did not know this because I was watching the Fight TV stream of the show, but it was another one of the Tony Storm silent films. This time, instead of just being in front of the camera by herself, trying to fill time that way, she had RJ City with her. He was supposed to be like a studio executive in this film. And he goes on and he talks about how great, of, how big of a star she is and how the studio that she works for in this it film how much they love her work and shit like that and how they're going to offer her the whole world you know they're going to get her all these <clears throat> trinkets and trophies and whatnot at one point he gives her a banana and she eats the banana with the peel on it which was wild but the highlight of this what they ended up dedicating a segment of their tv time for was that he rj city says that he's going to give tony storm a pearl necklace and she says how dare you and slaps him so they dedicated a segment to their TV of their TV show just to make a pearl necklace joke, oh, which is a nice. job well done, I think. Nice. Yeah, she was trying to eat a uh, 
Oh, uh, a box of cornflakes. Well, who didn't? Cornflakes. It was left out. I didn't know who left it out, but someone left it out. But uh, yeah, here's the. She's still a good girl. She's not in trouble. You leave food out, and a dog gets it. You know whose fault that is? That's not the nice. dogs. It ain't the doggy's mm-hmm. fault. It ain't the doggy's fault. Here's a girl. Nope. Not My dog's gotten to the point. She's so, she's gotten older, and she's gotten to the point where she knows that she's going to get you it anyway. So if I leave food out, she just doesn't even bother with it because she knows that her time's going to come where she gets half that shit anyway. Well, this 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 little girl's got a sensitive stomach, and we've noticed that table scraps kind of uh, don't settle well in her belly. So. We don't give her much, but she gets into enough stuff. She gets enough. She gets enough stuff, though. I'm not worried about it, but she is a good little girl. She doesn't get into much unless it's left out. So anyway, anyhow. Yes, like I was saying, eating weird things. Tony Storm ate a banana with peel on it. That was well. Well, that, 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 that. Just get right into the banana. Well, at least she didn't dry them and smoke them. Mm-hmm. At least she didn't do that. But, um, Smart, I got to say, this is kind of what I thought was one of the better parts of the show. With JR and Nick Wayne backstage <laughs> with, with. I can't tell if you're being serious. Please continue. I liked this. It, I liked it for the badness. Does that make sense? Yes, because at one point, like, while. Fucking Mama Wayne was in the middle of her dialogue. I was expecting like Tony Storm to pop her head out and be like, "Dial back the acting, dial up the tits, dear." Yeah. Uh, look, like this is good bad acting. It it was You're making my character seem grounded by comparison. Yeah. Stop stealing <laughs> see, my gimmick. See, that's what it was. It was good bad acting. The that they picked the worst one-two punch of segments though, because it just seemed like it was fitting in with the Tony Storm overacting, bad acting sort of theme. Right. So it was just like, is this just part of the fucking joke of like segments? Because I think it came on like right after, because like you said, they're doing it like picture in picture, like commercial break. Right, right, right. Tony Storm silent film. And then right after that, mm-hmm. there was a segment that had way worse acting than or Tony Storm could ever concoct as a gimmick. Yeah, and I'm 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 also gonna say something I didn't think I would say. Mm-hmm. I think it's time for Jr. to. I think it's time for Jr. to hang it up. This you can't put this on Jr. No, I'm not. I'm not putting any of this on Jr. Jr.'s voice sounds like it's going. It's straining more. Um, I think that's why they took him off. I think his voice was starting to go quicker and quicker and quicker. And um, I know they don't want to let him go, and I know why. I don't, because what's he going to do? He's going to go home to nobody and do nothing and probably rot away, which no one wants. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I feel bad for, for JR, though. But uh, I'm not putting any of this on him. Jr. did just fine. It's just his voice is just kind of it. It brings me down, man. <laughs> to say the least, it brings me down. And I'm like the I'm like the the you know like ELO man, like the electric light orchestra. <laughs> Don't bring me down. Yeah. 
Don't bring me there, down. You're right. Don't because, like, down. when I think when you, I see that, like, Jr. is doing like a like a taped interview segment with somebody, I always think of like the one that he did with Mankind. Okay. Where like he tells his whole life story and it ends with like Mankind giving the mandible call to Jim Ross and like those segments were great like yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And now it's like. It, like everything about this segment was like a sad reminder of like all of our mortalities. Cause it's like, it's like 20 something years later, Jim Ross is older now. Like you said, his voice is kind of going in and out. The acting in this segment is significantly worse mm. than the McFoley segment, which is actually good. So it's just like, yeah, JR's old. We're old. Wrestling sucks now. This is sad times. But we had Nick Wayne's hot mom. Yeah, this is true. She was there, I believe, at one point. JR called her voluptuous. Mm-hmm. Uh, JR was actually hitting on her. No one noticed. I did. Um, now, this was, you could call this an interview. I would say this was an intervention. This, this was an intervention. This was uh, basically his mother and JR trying to get through to him because we know Nick Wayne turned heel. And I like Nick Wayne quite a bit. Like, I've been singing his praises ever since he was in GCW. Like, I think he's super talented. Mm. This particular segment is like if somebody watched the Dominic Mysterio stuff and was like, had no idea what actually made it good and then just tried to replicate it. Okay. I got you there. But, okay. Uh, This whole thing goes on. Christian walks in. And there's this whole little back and forth with the mother. She's like, what did you do? What did you do? And, you know, at at one point, Nick Wayne says uh, his mother's dead to him. And they walk out. And the best line was Christian when she's like, what did you do? What have you done to him? And he goes, should have answered the phone. <laughs> the whole crowd was like, "Oh shit!" Okay, <laughs> I loved it. It was great. It was great. Um, so the door closes, and after the mother did this, the the most dramatic, no, no, in the world. Darby attacks him. Uh, and Darby and Wayne are finally, they fight out onto the ramp. And Darby Allen actually ended up breaking Nick Wayne's tooth out there on the ramp when Luchasaurus and Christian came down. Look at that. Mm-hmm. You can see the little space right there. I don't know if you can see this right there. Right there. And the blood coming out of the mouth. So he got his tooth knocked out. Not chipped, at least. Pretty bad. Um, There you go, kid. This ain't ballet. Imagine actually getting injured for that segment. I don't want to. Nor upset. I mean, I got injured watching that segment. I think I pulled like a hamstring or something, but. Maybe, maybe. Running. I have not watched anybody else or listened to anybody else review. I need to listen to at least some because I people had to have shit all over. It was it was terrible. It was, but it wasn't. It's like it was a listen. It was not a good segment, but you know what, Smart? It had depth. 
Listen, if they ever plan on using Mama Wayne again, or doing any more than Nick Wayne, Mama Wayne, like in fighting, like, please just do like another picture in picture of just like Tony Storm juggling or just like fucking Orange Cassidy reading the New no. York Post or something. I, I, just, I don't care. Just if this doesn't end at. with Christian banging his mother, this story is all for naught. This has to like, end with Christian getting the mother. Has to. Like, has to. Like, everyone knows that this is a show anyway. Can we just, like, recast his mom? Like, can you guys get Vicky Guerrero back or something? Oh, no, 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 no. What is she up to? Nope. I want the bad acting. I want him to bang the bad acting mother. I want her She's to. She's like Al Wilson. Nope. I want him to fuck her into being a good actress. That's what I want. That's what I want. That that's it. I want her to fucking come out of there, and she's fucking Tony Storm level good. Boom! Out of the bedroom, mm. Mama. All she needed was some good dick. <laughs> Actually, I want the exact opposite of that. Next week, I just want like Christian to walk up to Edge and just be like, "You know what? I changed my mind. Did you see that segment last week? <laughs> We're a tag team again. Get Rhino on the phone. Let's see what we could do." What's Kurt Angle doing these days? Is he still under WWE contract? Let's see if we can get him out. We'll just we'll make the best of this. Dude, that would be the best segment ever. <laughs> Actually, don't even mention it. Just next week, Edge and Christian are a tag team again. They just, they're wearing, they're wearing <laughs> the fucking five-second poses. It's never mentioned again. <laughs> like, what happened? Luchasaurus comes out with no mask on. <laughs> which would be awful, by the way, if you've ever seen him without a mask. Looks pretty oh, goofy. No. He's a goofy looking dude. Um, yeah, actually, he looks kind of like Juice Robinson without the mask. Ooh. Hey, have they ever seen them in the same room together? No, Juice Robinson's short. I'm kidding, folks. That's actually a good idea. You, you take the mask off Luchasaurus. You let Starks go solo. Mm. Then you have Luchasaurus and Big Bill, and they're just like, their tag team is just wrestling doppelgangers. You have Juice Robertson, you have Tess. Okay. I have who? Big Bill. He looks exactly like Test. He looks like oh, somebody called you... Test. I'm like, did he so say So you have test? wrestling doppelgangers. Okay. I thought you said Test. Okay. Big Bill does have I did say Test, but yes. I, all right. I, I wanted to make sure. I wanted to make sure. Well... Let's get. I can't believe we've gone over two hours because we've gone off track about twenty five thousand times tonight. Anywho, let's get this rock in here. Um, Smart. We had the dynamite diamond ring battle royal. It was what it was. It was basically a couple factions and a few guys thrown in to level out the playing field, right? Mm-hmm. All the stars weren't out for this one. No. This was like scrub quarter at the fucking game. Anyway, um, Juice Robinson did end up winning, which I think a lot of people fucking expected. Um, Really, I think a lot of people did, just the way it's been going. So he will end up facing MJF next week for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. So, Smark, mm-hmm. MJF has had that ring since basically its inception. Literally its inception, four times in a row. 
Absolutely. Do you think, okay, here's what I think is going to happen, and it's because of what Roderick Strong says. I think the Bang Bang Gang comes out and they are out there. They're getting the best of MJF. Cole comes out there to try to help his buddy, but of course Cole is, is uh, finger quote, injured, and he can't help him. But you know who does? Well, who's that? Roderick Strong. You know why? Yeah, why? He cares that much about Adam Cole. I'm kind of hoping it's like that, but then it just backfires and he ends up actually costing the match and not helping him. That is what I see happening next week, though. And if it backfired, that'd be fine. But I definitely see that playing out next week. Just from what Roderick Strong said, I think that's how it's going to play out. I don't think we get another segment at home next week. I think we get Roderick Strong right there in the in the uh, in the arena. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how it works out. And yes, I think he wheels down there in his wheelchair and he might even just stand up and go kick his ass. But um, I don't see any other way this this next week can go except that. But I think MJF keeps it. I, I think we both just said that, right? No, actually, I'm... Oh. I'm predicting Juice Robinson to win it because I feel like maybe that's what they're trying to go for. This bullet club just terrorizes him and he has to get redemption. And then you have like all these different like you're like kind of interwoven stories about like how everything that he's done in the past couple of years is kind of come back to haunt him because he has like Wardlow gun in for him. Kenny Omega, they're having like a little mini feud, I guess, based on that promo segment. So it's like all these people are coming after him. Partially because he's a champion and partially because he's been like an asshole for the last four years. So I like the idea of just like karma coming back to him and him trying to like, I guess, make amends or whatever. And then eventually like Adam Cole turns on him and that's just, that's the whole thing. I don't know. I, that, that, that's a good one too. But I, I think it works. I think it works. I think we go off the air next week with Adam Cole just absolutely dumbfounded that Roderick Strong came out and helped his friend MJF. That's how I think we go off the air next week. That's my opinion. That's it. Remember that. Let's remember what I just said here. Even though there is record of what I just said. We can remember it anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the end of the show. And I think we're just going to have to call this show simply Depth. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's going to have to fucking be. But um, Smart, I have nothing else. I am being a dumb, I'm dumbfounded that we fucking went this long tonight with what we had. Mm-hmm. But I had fun. I did. I'm hungry. I got to pee. I want to go make sure my dogs aren't getting into shit. And I need to go start watching Exit Wounds. To go see if I can find Stephen Butler. <laughs> I'm going to watch it now, too. I haven't seen Exit Wounds yet. I will at some point watch it. Probably not until Halloween's over because I have a lot of horror movies to catch up on. But mm. I, actually, I will be watching Exit Wounds now. 
I've actually been watching The Faculty a little bit lately. You like that one? I need to watch that one again. I watched it, but I watched it when I was like 10, maybe. So it's like, I, I can't, I don't remember if it was like actually good or if it was just, if I was young. Yeah, it's one of those movies I, uh, there's two movies I put on when I'm just kind of, uh, like, uh, just going to relax a little bit before I go to bed. The quick hour and a half movies. Faculty is one of them. And Identity. Mm-hmm. With John Cusack and, uh, What's your name? Amanda Peet. Um, Clay Duvall, the girl. She's in it. Actually, she's in the faculty, too. Right. I don't know. I seem to end up watching a lot of movies with her in it. Then I watched She's All That over the weekend. Don't fucking judge me for watching rom-coms. Was that the one with Heath Ledger, or was that 10 Things I Heard About? That's 10 Things. This is the Freddie Prinze one. And, okay. and, and Paul Walker. Yeah, I won't judge you for that because Freddie Prince has done quite a bit to redeem himself over the years. Nah, I just listen. It, that was I literally put it on as I was uh, doing laundry and running around doing some stuff around that fucking house because my wife wasn't here anyway, so I just chilled out. But um, yeah, that's what I've been doing. So okay, you got horror movies to watch, but I do like me some Steven Seagal. So mm-hmm. I will go check that out. And uh, folks, definitely appreciate the chat room coming on in here tonight. Noe, Christopher, Norab, Travis, welcome once again. I believe Travis is one who actually left us uh, some uh, pretty good feedback last week on our show, and I appreciate that, sir. And uh, that is it. Thank you, folks. Uh, subscribe, like, comment. Be well, prosper, nanu, nanu, whatever. See you. All right. Unless you got something else, Mark. Mm -hmm. All right. Take it easy, folks. Out of here.